please go to hankstrange.com and sign up for our email list. That's how you can keep up with us. We'll uh, let you know if there's any changes going on, uh, different things happening here like YouTube deleting our channel our YouTube page, etc. You can sign up for our email list. Um, you know, you have to be on the email list when we give away stuff. So you definitely want to be there. We will be doing uh, lots of giveaways coming up here through the email list. Um, also, there's lots of different ways that you can support us on there. So go to hankstrange.com for that. I think everything's rolling through. I think we've got Babyface P joining us. He's getting set up also here. Um, coming in a little bit dark, Patrick. I'm working on it. Okay. All right. So in the meanwhile, while all of that is going on here, I will do the open. Let me roll the open for everyone. Welcome back to the Hank Stream situation. All right. Make Lifestyle. sure you guys subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Uh, we have a special guest. We've got Paul from Battle Arms Development, right? That's the full the full name. Correct. Okay, we've got Paul joining us. We've got Babyface P. Patrick is here joining us. Paul, this is your first time on the show. You may not know this, but we do jazz hands. Regardless of how macho you are, you got to do the jazz hands for the people. Come on, let's go. Throw those jazz hands up. Don't worry about anyone in battle. Do battle it. arms seeing you. <laughs> we are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on tonight. As I said, this is um, the Who Moved My Freedom podcast, episode 514. We're being joined by Paul of Battle Arms Development as well as Babyface P. And uh, shout out to all you guys coming in. Please smash the thumbs ups, ring the bell as you come in here. The show tonight is sponsored by Franklin Armory. Shout out to them, makers of binary triggers and lots of other uh, firearms related stuff that you guys have seen here on the show as well as on our channel. So thanks to them for sponsoring us. All right, let's see. Let's jump right into this. Uh, Paul Chiapa, right? Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, it's Chiapa. Chiapa, okay. Is that the same pronunciation of the firearms company? Correct. Oh, that's also any, Kia. Any relation? Yeah, exactly. No, unfortunately no. not. I probably. You could tell us, man. We're not good. You know, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to ask you for like free guns, you know, from Kiapa or anything like that. Yes, I don't we... get free guns from Kiapa, so I mean, you definitely are not. You can't go there and show your ID <laughs> and go listen, man. <laughs> I own this company. I need a free gun. Yeah, first. I'm in the I'll, family. I'll be in Italy next. <laughs> in the next like week and a half so i might take a trip oh. over there and be like hey yeah come on now so is that that's an italian name yeah i'm italian oh awesome okay very cool very cool all right so what can you tell us about battle arms development how long have you been working for them let's get like that rigmarole out of the way and what do you do what do you do there i'm the head of sales here okay okay very cool so uh what can you tell us about battle arms development so Battle Arms Development's been in business for a little over 10 years now. We started off making uh, enhanced parts for the AR-15 and the general design. We actually started business within uh, a couple tools relative to the M1 carbine and a few other few other guns. And then we kind of exploded with our ambidextrous safety, our badass safety, which for a very, very long time was the standard of industry and kind of sparked a lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. We kind of kept going from there, creating new and enhanced parts for the design. And that's led to us making ourselves every single part that goes into the AR-15 besides springs and detents and the plastic stuff. So once we got to a point where we made everything, we're like, well, 
we make the whole gun. Let's just produce guns. And so the past two, three years, we've been moving towards that. We kind of tested the market with some of our higher end guns. You might see the tankers, the paratroopers, mm-hmm. World War II inspired stuff. And then we moved into now that I'm with the company, more of a hard use military grade law enforcement style carbines and rifles and pistols uh, that are going to definitely be something you can rely your life on. We're going to be, we're massively branching out into that law enforcement market. We do a lot of uh, export. We do a lot of international sale as well. I'll be at EWA next week in Nuremberg, Germany, right. uh, representing the brand with Brownells. Brownells is a great industry partner of ours. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much the gist of it. You know, like what you saw at SHOT Show was kind of the entry into that uh, that realm of the law enforcement style hard use gun. Okay, very cool. Um, so there's a couple things there. I know the, the thing that I'm going to roll in real quick, the Instagram page. So this is the Instagram page for Battle Arms Development. For anyone out there who doesn't know, uh, um, as you guys are coming in here, smash the thumbs ups. Let us know if you know. Do you have stuff in Battle Arms? <coughs> what do you think? They make some very cool stuff. I'm scrolling through. What was it? The paratrooper that had all the wood on it? The uh, Was it the paratrooper? I think that's the one I remember. Yeah. yeah. So the, para- the paratrooper and the tanker are going to be uh, our PDW-style guns. There, you're going to see the French walnut grip, right. the French walnut handguard, and the laminate cheap piece to match. Those were, again, like our test into, like, we can make a full firearm. What's the market going to like of it? Mm-hmm. And it was really, really big for us, uh, one of our most popular sellers for the past couple of years. But that gun also didn't jive with standard production. Okay. You know, that's three different layers of, of coating mm-hmm. and then obviously a lot of production time on top of it. So it was definitely a custom gun. that We were selling at a production level. So actually new for 2020 is we've turned that into, like, an exclusive uh, it's something we do in small batch quantities on a yearly basis instead of being something you could just call and order at any time. Okay. Yeah, those are pretty um, cool guns. I know when I came across one of them, uh, someone I knew had one, and I was going to do a video on it, and then they told me to not scratch it, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do this video. Because <laughs> yeah. if anyone looks at my channel, me doing videos, we have a bunch of rusty barrels on the range that, that I think look very attractive and make great backgrounds in the videos. But whenever we throw up a video, someone complains, how dare you throw that gun on that rusty barrel? But yeah, I break everything. So yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And so, so the, the reputation you guys have, right. Is, is for making high end stuff, right? Okay. And now you're saying that you're transitioning into hard use what does the hard use part of that mean is that for like like working guns i know you're talking about law enforcement yeah absolutely working guns uh and guns you know more used in a defensive capability it's it's you know we were kind of uh put put in a a category before as more of a boutique manufacturer Mm -hmm. of arms and full production and production scale of firearms uh is where our goal is and you know my goal with the firearms is to make sure that the the, the the way I outfit them is in a is in a way that is going to be attractive to the person that works behind the gun because that's who I want to take care of more than anybody uh, and then obviously the concerned citizen that values his freedom. Okay, so not necessarily safe queens or anything like that. Yeah, we listen. We've been doing safe queens for a long time. Right. You know, guns with custom paint jobs, mm-hmm. super super high end guns that you may use in competition, but otherwise people were you know coveting as as jeweled jewels of their collection. 
Uh, you know, the demo gun that I bring around with me is one of our standard production guns. I'm either rolling around with one of our new workhorse mm -hmm. SBRs or one of our authority SBRs. Uh, that thing is beat to snot, and mm -hmm. I bring it to that way. And I usually like to bring it to uh, trade shows as well and, and show how, how, you know, the round count and what I've done to that gun. And I think a big testament to it is, you know, a lot of the, the law enforcement T&E that I've recently had these guns been put through has definitely uh, yielded really, really great results. And and that's kind of the thing is all of our guns have always been super hard, hard use. So you, could, you could have taken any one of them mm -hmm. and beat it to stun. They would keep going. The engineering was always so sound. Mm -hmm. But when they've got a crazy paint job and some yeah. wood on them, you just miss them. <laughs> yeah, but you naturally don't see it's that's a weird thing, right? Because I think if people are looking at pictures and video and stuff like that of them, they look like safe cleans. But I know when you handle them, it's like, oh, this looks tough. I don't understand why I can't throw this down on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So you can. It's just the guy that bought it doesn't want to. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you don't want to, you know, if someone doesn't want their gun to be scratched up, I understand. I get that. So um, where exactly is Battle Arms located? Let's, uh, I know I've got some comments and stuff like that coming in right now. Um, I don't know whether or not you can see that. You probably can't. I think you're using your phone, so you can't see. No, I can't see that stuff. Yeah. No. So where, where are you guys located? We're in Henderson, Nevada. We're like 15 minutes out of the out of the greater. We're technically in the Las Vegas area, but uh, we're about 15 minutes out from where you would normally expect Las Vegas to be. Oh, okay. So does yeah. that make it cheap for you guys at Shot Show? Don't have to. Do you stay at home when you do Shot Show? Or you... yes, oh, yes. Okay. Everyone stays at their respective houses. Mm -hmm. However, sometimes it's more of a hassle being a local guy for Shot Show mm -hmm. than it is being you know uh, somebody out of state because you're going to ship your stuff out of state. Mm -hmm. You know, and at the end of the day, you're probably going to pay one of the either Freeman Group or GES or whoever it is to pack your stuff up for you. You send your people out there. Yeah, it costs a bunch, mm -hmm. but the headache, unless they break something, is small. Right. We personally rent a Penske truck to go <laughs> down there, wait in line to unload, oh. to build the booth ourselves. So it's a, it was a lot of long hours. I didn't leave the show till. Uh, two o'clock in the morning, the last the last day. Wow! Just waiting for our crates to come to pack our stuff up. Yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty wild. Because most people, I think, like probably ninety percent of the people there at the show, like you said, they hire a company that comes in right after the show. You might you do some takedown, um, and I know I helped, for example, Walter from Safety Harbor Firearms. We helped them take down their booth, and then they put it in these containers, and then people come. And take it, and that's pretty much the end of it. But yeah, if you're there, you gotta pack all your stuff, take it back to wherever you are. Do you just leave it in the truck, or when you get back there, you have to unpack it too? Unpack it too. Uh, so yeah. Well, luckily, you know, we have, we have a really good team here. We have a bunch of good guys, and uh, you know, they, we've been doing this for quite a few years now in this kind of methodology. So there's definitely like a, a method to the madness when it comes to trade shot show around here yeah. and how to get things done. I mean. Our, our lead engineer, Gary, has, like, got the schedule down. He's, like, he knows when they're going to pick our crates up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool. But, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, Flying Rich is asking this question. He wants to know if he could stay at your house. <laughs> Just say um, no. Say no. That's all right. <laughs> I'm going to respectively say no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could stay there, but not you, Flying Rich. No. Correct, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Me and Hank. Friends. That's got to be a tough. <laughs> that has to be is like so. That commute in every day to shot show. What is that like? 
Um, it's generally not. We get there super. We 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 make it a point to get there super early, mm-hmm. and so we just take you know we take the highway in, and we park generally uh, our truck that we bring everybody in across the street at the uh, the win, mm-hmm. and then we just walk across to to the the Sands Convention Center. So it's usually pretty smooth. Um, a little bit of traffic in the morning, especially at the hour that we would go. But I was actually surprised to see that we weren't sitting standing and sitting in line every day. You know. Yeah. 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 I know that I know some people probably aren't interested in that, but that just seems fascinating to me when you're in because I know going to Vegas, man, that's expensive. Everything is expensive. Probably the cheapest thing is flying out there. But everything else, staying in a room, the food, everything else, uh, transportation and all that's really expensive in Vegas. So, uh, you know, good that you guys are out there. I'm sure that you get to feel that when you do um, Battle Arms going to do the NRAM, the NRA annual meeting. Yeah, we'll be at NRA. We're, we'll have our, our normal booth at NRA. We're actually getting geared up for that right now, mm-hmm. um, making sure our NRA booth squared away. I mean, NRA is actually my favorite convention of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the most fun. You know, everyone's so excited at NRA because it's more of a consumer show. Mm-hmm. Everyone's out there to see the product, touch the product, yeah. tell you how much they love it. Uh, you end up just a lot more positive reactions. I don't have to schedule meetings. I don't have to sit down with people. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. I love NRA. Yeah, yeah. You get to see the real people out there, yeah. finally buying it. So at Shot Show, who do you deal with? You're dealing with like store owners, distributors, all of that. In the okay. Bottom. Yeah. 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 So I'll be dealing with my international. I'll have international clients constantly coming to the booth, uh, squaring away their orders for the year and addressing any issues they may have. Uh, dealers coming by to place orders via, mm-hmm. you know, we do shop show specials just for that, the distributors as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, media outlets, just like yourself, uh, meeting them and, you know, showcasing the product and then just getting that product knowledge out there as big as well. All right. Very cool. And so this whole Germany thing, um, here's the thing. Um, if, do you need volunteers to go to Germany with you? Because I would actually <laughs> love a trip to Germany to sell uh, guns. We got it pretty much covered. It's going to oh. be me the CEO and the COO. Okay. Uh, we're, we're heading out to, to Nuremberg for EY. EY is, I guess, what you could equivalent uh, Europe's SHOT Show to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, that, that one big show a year for the East, you know, Europe and, and the uh, mm-hmm. international market to meet. So I'm pretty excited. It's my first time at EY, my first time in Germany. Um, and uh, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have a good time. A lot of good beer. Yeah. 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 What's Germany known for? Let me see. Beer and Bratwurst? Beer, Bratwurst, BMWs, right? BMWs yeah. from Germany. Audi, I think, is in Germany. Uh, I don't know what, uh, what else Germany... Oh, the Nürburgring, of course. So there you yes. go. Yeah. While you're out there, go on the Nürburgring for us. Do a couple of laps on that back. Yeah, I was, uh, I, was, I was kind of upset when I found out how far away Nuremberg was from Berlin. Oh. I was kind of hoping to just stand in like a very populated area and just go, hey, I think my grandpa killed your grandpa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to go over well, man. I don't know if that's going to go over well. So that show, is that for like, is that to the military? Because um, I know I know you can buy guns in Germany, but I'm guessing it's pretty tough. So. Well, again, it's the, it's the, it's a global market that we're talking about at EWA. Mm-hmm. Germany, yes. Yeah, so like, Generally, the way it's it goes one of a couple of ways with uh, the international market, and how people can purchase guns mm-hmm. on the international market. Right. Is the most common way you see is that you're part of a sporting club or a shooting association of some sorts, 
And then after you're part of that association uh, and you can show some sort of competency and, uh, and of the fact that you are legally part of that association, then you can apply for some sort of way to purchase a gun through the government. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, they tell you what and you can own, when you can own it, how you can own it, where you can go. That's so shameful. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> that is so shameful. Country, right. You know, every country is a little bit different with it, but that's generally the gist of how I see <laughs> Europe and Southeast Asia uh, civilian firearm ownership going. Yeah, it's shameful. Imagine the day. Imagine this, Patrick, Paul. The day when in America to have a car... You have to be in a special club. You have to show proficiency. Then they mm-hmm. say to you, listen, your car can't go faster than 70 miles an hour. That's as fast as your car could go because you don't need those 100 miles. Can't take mile- this fuel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, can't take this fuel. Yeah. Or they limit yeah. the fuel. Imagine if they go, listen, we want you to have, you know, limited capacity fuel tanks. That, you know, this all funny. sounds like a dream, but it could be true. Is when we talk about stuff like this and like we talk about, you know, a lot of the laws in the United States where we're like, oh, this is disgusting. How could they they how could anybody terminalize stuff like this? Mm -hmm. It would blow your mind. Some of the stuff that I had to do to my guns so they could be for uh, legally sellable in Germany. Mm -hmm. Uh, some, Some of the things they're concerned about you having being able to mount a flashlight to a gun. No, that's not allowed. No, no. So you don't, they don't want you to see what you're shooting at. Can't see in the dark. No. Uh, the handguards needed to not be able to accept pretty much any accessories. So we had to, for a couple of the different models that were going to be for, for I guess, what they called sporting, mm-hmm. we had to make completely enclosed handguards so they couldn't accept anything. What? Okay, so what is the purpose of that? What? Like, why, why do they not want it to accept accessories? What is I the... could not tell you. To be honest with you, I have toiled on the internet, yeah. um, looking for answers to these questions. You know, I get a I get a paper from some guy across the sea that says these guns must be in this specifications, wow. and I adhere to it, and hmm. I have no choice in the matter. And then the biggest thing in a lot of countries is military calibers, uh, and whether they're allowed to have military calibers. Hmm. I think one of the funniest things is all these guys that are talking so much smack about the Glock forty four. Mm-hmm. What they don't understand is Glock does not care about us. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That absolutely. is for the international market. Yeah. And they're going to do very well on the international market right. with that firearm. So, yeah, because 22 is pretty much, um, that's like your, your entry-level round around the world, right? Well, it's a non-military cartridge yeah. mm-hmm. that is going to almost in nine times out of tens in any of those countries where what we're talking about is applicable, you're going to be able to get mm-hmm. So now you have that Glock 19 that everybody wants, but okay, it's just 22. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. I can I can still kind of have what I want. Yeah, I think for that reason it is going to be big, and that's another re- like. So when we did a video on it, our top complaint, which it still is, I think Patrick and I were talking about this today, the magazine capacity, right? Because it's 10 rounds, yeah. um, and then also they didn't make it. They didn't make it uh, like uh, threaded. So this is probably oh, yeah, that's why. A big deal. Yeah, but they probably but did they it. Can't, yeah, yeah. That would be considered uh, a no-go, right? If it came out threaded, if it had. So that's why they're making that all aftermarket, where we have to come in and pay more money for those yep. things. But that's because over the like in other places in the world, they're gonna sell the crap out of it. Yeah. 
threaded yeah. barrel, you know, the ability to attach the suppressor and a lot of countries is going to be a major no-go and them coming out of the gate, producing something like that, would just hurt them more than it helped them. And mm. it's completely understandable. So money wise, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this or not. Right. But money wise, is it, is it really worth it for you guys to go to places like Germany, other places overseas and try to sell guns? Is, is Absolutely. A, okay. uh, the international market for us is excellent. We do, we're unlike a lot of other firearms manufacturers where we do a lot of this ourselves. And this is a big reason why we do a lot of international business is all the export and import licenses we file ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, the COO, Sylvia, is a whiz at it. And we have a really, really good relationship with all of our international clients. So a convention like EWA is a potential breeding ground to gain new clients and then a great way to see all of my international clients in one place and be able to sit down and talk. Mm -hmm. So again, we're going with Brownells. We're going to be representing, mm -hmm. you know, both brands out there. So, oh, cool. you know, it's, it's great. You know, it's a great place to go. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, um, I don't know if there's probably a couple of different questions, uh, coming in here. I don't know who has the who has the things military what's considered a military round um other than like 22 is safe but um i think nine millimeters considered military nine millimeter right? yeah nine millimeter five five six 308 uh, 300 blackout yeah. depends on the country uh what okay. they deem a military round 762 by 39 545 by 39 yeah. anything that's either nato generally like a nato right. cartridge so 308 uh, evil evil mm -hmm. yeah Evil so, you know, we right. get a lot of requests, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of countries have figured out ways around this by using similar calibers that are not military calibers. Okay. You're going to see a lot of popular uh, 30 Luger, very popular across, mm -hmm. across the seas, uh, 32 ACP, very, very popular, 22 TCM, 22, uh, um, a lot of oddball calibers like that are becoming popular and are what civilians can own because they're not military calibers. Oh, okay. So, like, so for the 9mm, the replacement for that is what, 32 ACP? 9x21. 9 9x21. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, hmm. 9x21 generally. A lot of 382, right? Yeah, a lot of 380. Yep. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So, you all, so, so for that, you guys just have to, pretty close to the same guns, without the features, and then different barrels, I'm taking it. Chambering pretty much, you know, it so, so for the most part, it's just a little bit of difference in geometry mm -hmm. when it comes to how the, the projectile feeds because mm -hmm. of the difference in the length of the casing for like nine by 21. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, just depending on the country whether they, they care about features. Surprisingly, you know, we're the only country that cares about short barrel rifles, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. they don't care about that overseas. Yeah, it's I a, the, a gun is a gun is a gun, right? So I don't you know, think Canada Canada doesn't care about that either, right? I don't. I'm not, not really. Sure. We do a little business yeah. in Canada. I don't mm -hmm. really deal deal with that too much personally. Okay. But um, yeah, Canada's another whole oddball stuff because they have restricted and unrestricted, and I might even pretend to really understand mm -hmm. the restricted and non-restricted thing. Yeah, I think um, you know. So people might here in America, people think this is what we're talking about is ridiculous. But there are states in America trying to be like that. To, Terrible. Yeah, to eliminate all these things. You you guys will see that. And one day this will spread to a lot of other things. So the day in their plans, I'm sure when, when they finally get guns under control, right, 
what they think they're going to achieve there, then the next thing is to do, say, you know what, we don't like these cars that you drive. You have to get rid of these. And in Europe, I think they're already, I was listening, I was somewhere I saw stats on this. Um, there's certain places, was it Australia? One of these places by 2025, no more internal combustion engines. That's wild. Yeah. I, that's a little, yeah. Yeah. Some of them is goes to 2030 or 2035, but we're talking anywhere from five to 15 years, no more combustion engines in lots of places in the world. I don't know what that is for America, but I'm sure that, you know, depending on who we get um, in office and running the government here, we'll get some form of that. Yeah, that would be, again, disgusting. So, yeah. Yeah. What would you guys do if, the, if there was something where there was like, can't make any... Now, I think what they're first going to do is say you can't make those anymore, and people who have them have them, but then at some point they'll come back and go, yeah, you dudes trying to hold on to your cars from the 80s and 90s or whatever, you're done. Well, I think that, you know, major manufacturers of anything uh, generally are privy to stuff before anybody else is mm -hmm. because it, it's what's going to cost you your livelihood cost you money mm -hmm. yeah oh did he freeze it's uh -oh. like we lost him yeah it looks like paul's for oh, do we lose oh, him? oh he's coming back friend yeah you froze there for a second yeah we didn't hear the oh, last sorry about that yeah yeah i think i think especially you know in this country you'll see a trend of a different of different things start to come to market mm -hmm. and are told told you or what you should buy and or what's new and hot and as we start to switch over to those recommended items, uh, yeah. such things will be easier for a government entity to impart upon us. Yeah, yeah. Ber the Bernie Sanders presidency is going to look a lot worse than lots of people who actually support Bernie believe it's going to look like. Yeah. Remember, he's friends with, uh, what is her name? AOC? Yeah. They got plans yeah. for you guys. Only they can travel on the on in first class. Have you guys have you seen I, the memes? I gotta be honest. <laughs> I accidentally went to a Bernie rally like three weeks ago. <laughs> okay. How, so how does that happen? This air, like this how this, this must have been like a month or so ago. There's like this thing in, in Las Vegas called First Friday. Okay. And every first Friday in like the arts district they have like local vendors come out and food and drink and music. And so my roommate was like, hey, let's go out there. Let's go get a drink. Let's go get some good food. I'm like, absolutely. So we had no idea that it, that, that specific one was all about Bernie. So we go and, you know, I get myself something to eat. I'm drinking a beer. I'm walking around. And mind you, I'm wearing a Florida SWAT Association uh, <laughs> T-shirt um, and a Vertex cap. And I'm walking around and we made our way through this bar and boom, we hit the stage and big old Bernie. <laughs> banner and uh, I looked at my room and I said well I don't fit in here yeah <laughs> but yeah I totally did not know that's what I was walking into yeah um, you could have been that guy I heard that one of the Bernie rallies there was a guy that had a Black Guns Matter t-shirt on mm. and then some guy I guess like pushes him or something and there's a whole big brawl you know oh, no, with me. yeah you know Maj Touré of Black Guns Matter I saw yep. he posted something about that. It wasn't him, but so, there was apparently a Bernie supporter who was also a Black Guns Matter supporter. I don't know how those two worlds cross streams at all, but it happened. So, yeah. So you, did you guys stay 
Well, you, you got uh, out of there. It for like, probably like 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> it's a pretty cool area down there by the Arts District. So mm-hmm. we just kind of meandered into the general bar scene area over there and just left the, okay. the rally yeah. thing. There wasn't enough ladies or something like that? And, what? Well, there was plenty of them. They just weren't my type. Oh, know, absolutely. Really. Yeah, those aren't the type you want to go for. <laughs> uh, you know, what was, what was available to me over there. So I uh, oh. <laughs> made my way out. Yeah, okay. I was just curious, you know, like, are there a lot of hot chicks... Uh, at mm. Bernie rallies, depends on how crazy you want them. <laughs> um, around that crazy continuum, yeah. yeah. Depends on your definition of hot. Yeah, and, it's true. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, you know, yeah, about how much headache I guess that yeah. you want to deal with. But also, how drunk you get. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, you, you could you could put it, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, the range says there's simply not a chance. The Democrats are going to win the 2020 presidential race. None. Furthermore, the GOP will regain control of the House and pick seats in the Senate. No question. And also, suppressors will come off the NFA. Uh, We will get reciprocity. Yeah, every dream ever comes true. (laughs) I mean, look. Sorry, Brad. It would be so awesome. It would be so awesome, right? If I mean we had that already, so I'm not listen. I'm not saying I don't want that. That would be great, but it would be cool. Those dudes had that. They were right there. They could have done all yep. of that. Oh, they had the opportunity. Yeah, you know. So I don't know if if they, if they get there, we're gonna get the same thing. But you know, whatever. I'm definitely not uh, voting for people that want to take guns away from me. So um, let's see what let's see what else is going on here. Okay, so. Um, I, I know you guys are making lots of different things. Let's um, try to get into go across the span. I, I was looking at your website. I'm going to throw the website up here for anyone who's interested. I'll throw it up here on the screen real, real quick. I noticed that obviously there's lots of kinds of different guns. You guys have accessories. Um, you make hand guards, things like that. And then there's some stuff for uh, pistols, I believe, right? Is that Can like you do a few stuff? accessories as well? Okay. Yeah. Do a threaded and non-threaded uh, fluted barrel, um, which is a, a one barrel, which is machined on one machine, uh, which is pretty unique. It's a match-grade barrel. It's very, very, very high-end. We also do a magwell for both the Glock 19 and 17 in a variety of different colors that are anodized. Uh, and then a base plate as well, which is by far my favorite uh, Glock accessory we sell. That base plate is kind of in my opinion, perfect on what I would want out of a base plate. Mm-hmm. It's got a huge lip on the bottom of it, so when you're coming into a carrier, it's really, really easy to get a purchase on. Okay. And it has, like, I would call serrations on the side, so when you, if God forbid you don't have malfunction, it's really easy to rip out of the gun. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's money. Oh, okay. So uh, does, that add, um, does that add any rounds to it? That plate? No. no. It's, okay, it's just for grabbing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, here, I'll throw that up here for a second for anyone who's interested in that. How do you guys figure out what you manufacture? I'm just interested from the manufacturing point of view. You know, how do you guys sit there and come up with, hey, we're going to make this, we're going to do that? Are you going by popularity? Are there just people over there suggesting stuff? How does that work? So generally for the past, uh, you know, 10 years before I came on with the company, uh, it was really just uh, what did not exist or where was there a gap in something that could be uh, brought to market or could be improved in the market. And then we saw if we could do that. The owner of Battle Arms of Elements, his name is George. 
Uh, he is an architectural engineer by trade before he came into the firearms realm. And he's been able to bring that sort of knowledge and that also that kind of work ethic to what we do. So he loves a challenge, which pretty much what everything we do comes down to is mm -hmm. if you tell George you can't do it, well, good luck with that because it's going to get done. So a lot of that stuff came from that, um, finding you know ways to improve. He loves to improve upon uh, what's out there already is if he sees a problem in a product or we hear of that there's an issue with something going on, we love to be able to add a solution to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when I look at the line... Um, let me put this back up here again. So when I'm looking at the line, I see you have like, and uh, I see the workhorse defense pistol. I'm looking at the pistol stuff that you guys have. Mm -hmm. Then there's elite. Then there's how do I pronounce this with the X? Xiphos. 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 Okay, what does the Xiphos mean? Xiphos uh, is the is a Greek term for a sort of sword. sword. Okay. So uh, obviously, if you look at the battle arms logo, that's a Spartan head. We right. kind of have a, a Greek theme going on. So. A lot of the, the crazy named guns like Zyphos and Zeistin, they're named after uh, weapons of that time frame. So the Zyphos is a sort of short sword. The Zeistin is an extremely long spear. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So like this this 9mm looks like a, a Glock uh, lower. Basically, that's... Okay, that's where that comes from. Okay. Yep. So, and then the other one... And then you have Silent Professional. Correct. What's that? Uh, what's that line all about? So the Sound Professional is a 300 blackout only PDW that we've been kind of uh, playing with for a little while. Okay, is it's based off of our monolithic uh, vert lower, which has our proprietary buffer and uh, and buffer system into it. So if you've ever gotten a chance to look at any of our buffers, they're on our website as well. Is mm -hmm. they're generally just about that big, and we've been able to. I'm sorry. Show that again. I wasn't showing you. Right there. They're just, okay. just about little tiny buffers. Oh, okay. Most of our buffers. Mm -hmm. And that will work in almost anything with a standard carrier. Generally, if you're going to use them in a uh, six position buffer tube, you can just add a little spacer to them and they'll work just fine. Um, so it was based off that system. And my lead gunsmith had created uh, a, a gun a little while ago that became the silent professional. And we bought a 300 blackout barrel without a gas port in it. And he played with that gas port diameter until he thought it was perfect. And what we ended up being able to do with that was super minimalize the felt over gas to the face. Uh, something that generally will shoot super or sub-reliable with or without a can. And that mm -hmm. we deemed is the best suppressor host we could we could bring to the market. Mm -hmm. So I brought that gun actually to SWAT Roundup. And I got so much buzz just from like the law enforcement community. And the, the dealers that I, I met when I went down to SWAT Roundup in Florida, we mm -hmm. came back and we said, I think there's something to this. Let's mm -hmm. make it a standard production model. And we went into full production with it. And it's probably my most popular model as of 2020. Yeah, I'm liking the way that this looks. And uh, it looks like it has a tail tail hook on the back of it. Um, and it's retractable. Yep. Uh, it looks like something, you know, you can make something real small, throw it in a backpack easy enough. Um, is that an adjustable pistol grip that you guys have on there? Adjustable yes. angle pistol grip? Okay. For 15, 25, or 32 degrees, that's uh, uh, based upon the X-Tech design that is uh, you know made for us as well. And there, you loosen up the set screw, and there's like a, a tooth ratcheting system, and you just move it in mm -hmm. and out however you like it. Yeah. Uh, I noticed several companies are making those. Um, you know, I... Uh, 
I think that's good, right? Everyone likes a different angle, I guess. So it's good to have that flexibility. Are people, um, is the market out there buying into that? I know a lot of we, guys we out there pretty, are old school. We did pretty well with them. And a lot of people, you know, everyone has, and I, and I say this all the time, a, a super personal preference item. You know, like everybody has that one pistol grip that they've been using for mm-hmm. years and they're going to swear by it. And mm-hmm. I actually get a lot of guys that were like, dude, like, don't talk to me. I'm going to use a BCM gunfighter and that pick up my gun and go, I actually like this. And mm-hmm. I felt the same way. You know, I've been using I, like Magpul K2s are my jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I, I use. Yeah, I really, <laughs> that's I why really you're really laughing. Like, you're that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy that I, all of my guns have the same grip on it. Oh, and I, it's even totally my AKs. understandable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's which grip do you have on there, Patrick? What is it again? Uh, I think I have the SL SLKs okay. from Magpul. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what I got. Oh, okay. Yeah. But no, I, I do the same thing. I have like once I get set in my ways with something that I like, it's hard to change me off of it. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, and then look, everyone has different hand sizes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think you know we we have to realize that it's something that you and I were doing, Patrick. You were saying how you didn't like the feel of it, but then everyone else that was big and bulky around was like, oh, this feels awesome. Yeah, exactly. I got small hands, so certain yeah. things better. Yeah, so, um, so where was it? Someone asked here, I think the motorboater says, is the muzzle brake suppressor ready on that? Oh, okay. So we shipped, that, we shipped them with an A2 birdcage because, honestly, we are expecting, you know, most of our clients that are going to buy this gun is they're going to put their favorite muzzle device and suppressor on it. So we just gave you the simplest, cheapest mm-hmm. muzzle device that we could because we figure it's a takeoff. We just not, we're not going to ship you a gun with raw thread. Right. And that one's, that one's a pistol. Um, I think you guys do do NFA stuff. So you have Absolutely. short barrel. Okay. Uh, what about... Actually, that, Go ahead. that whole brace system is brand new for 2020. Right. Up until this year, that monolithic stock was not able to accept a pistol because of the way that stock piece interface with the guide rods that go through it mm-hmm. and that new adapter that takes the gearhead works mod one is actually brand new so yes we have an adjustable brace now oh yeah that's really cool and then it has like a um i know when i switch back and forward it messes up the audio so i'm not going to do that too much because <laughs> i already saw someone complaining to me about it but it has like a looks like a carbon fiber cheek riser kind of thing on it um, and, and I believe that I saw today that you guys saw that as a completed lower because I like that. Yep. Yeah. So that's been a flagship product for us for many, many years was, mm-hmm. uh, our bad five, five, six PDW lower, which is what you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. So it's our ambidextrous lower, but it's completely monolithic and that stock system is built into it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where this, this was a big problem for us because we weren't able to make that into a pistol which is why we devised our adapter and now went with the uh, Gearhead Works Mod 1 brace. Mm-hmm. So that's as strong as it gets. It's a monolithic system, mm-hmm. S7 tool steel guide rods. It does not get any more beefy than that. And every time you buy either the PDW, uh, the monolithic PDW lower or just the bolt-on stock system, they come with the buffer and spring. Mm-hmm. That's not something you need to purchase separately. You just let us know whether it's 9mm, 5.56, or 300 blackout. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to try to pull pull this up. Uh, what I saw earlier. I'm going to do it for my phone, so I'm not messing up the audio for anyone here. Uh, let me let me run this in. Okay, so there you go. Monolithic PDW lower receiver plus vert um, stock, and uh, I believe that's like $6.99 or something, although 
on my phone here, it's not showing the price of it. Uh, is that is that correct? Yeah, I believe that is got an MSRP of six ninety nine now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I could think of some stuff to build out of that. What kind of uh, what limitations do you have on what upper can go on that? Pretty much none. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just it's gonna be the buffer is going to be caliber specific. Okay. Right. And so. piston, the you know, or direct impingement, does that matter? Uh, it shouldn't matter as long as that uh, the carrier that that upper uses is pretty much within the specifications of mil spec. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. There's still conversation. We should have never said anything about Bernie, by the way. We <laughs> <met> <laughs> People still talking about it? <laughs> yeah. We messed up when we mentioned Bernie yeah. there. Because <laughs> uh, there's people still going. <laughs> there's people still going uh, on the Bernie conversation right now. Um, yeah, I like that. So that's cool. So if someone doesn't have to buy just completed rifles from you guys. They could go in there and get parts. Oh, yeah. And, That's and been build. our bread and butter for 10 years. You know, the, the firearm stuff is very new for us. Mm -hmm. And something we're, we're really trying to, you know, again, solidify our name in. But parts, accessories, and, you know, anything you may need relative to the AR-15 design has been our bread and butter for years. So we make a standalone version of that receiver without the stock built in. That's just our ambidextrous bad 5.56 receiver set. Our lightweight upper receiver group works great with that. And then we do a lightweight, which is pretty much the same thing without the ambidextrous controls. And then our premium forged lower system as well. Oh, okay. So um, I know we were talking earlier about the AK one. I know Patrick is going to like this. What was the name of the AK that you guys did with uh, Rifle Dynamics? That is the T-34 Tanker. Right. I'm going to show that, run that in here for whoever, if you folks would like to see what we're... What we're looking at here the tanker how did this come about it looks real sexy patrick i don't know if you've seen this tanker mm -mm. it is if you go to battle arms um if you go to their ig page you will see it it's just a few down you you won't be able to miss it it's a really sexy looking um ak there how did this uh come about so rifle dynamics is a local las vegas company as well mm -hmm. so you know we've always had a great relationship with them they're good friends of ours and we've been kind of spitballing on doing a collaborative project for a little while now and it just kind of came to fruition here uh with shot show so we kind of just sat down and said well, what can we do that pays pays homage to your brand and my brand and especially with the tanker kind of going away as a standard production model we thought why don't we do a russian tanker and that's what the t-34 stands for it's a russian tank and okay. uh we, we went in that direction so uh we had them build us kind of like a raw barreled action and then we put a bunch of battle arms parts on it, and we did all the Cerakote work and uh, the finalized finalization of the gun from there. So yeah, I think it looks good. Have you do you, you getting a look at that yet, Patrick? No, it's it's uh, on the website. Um, yeah, if you go to rifles, it's under rifles. Yeah, okay. yeah, should be able to see it there. Uh, I think it's pretty sexy. Um, and you guys came up with the, or did they already have the wood furniture? Or you just did the finish. How did this? But that's that's uh, right now. I believe that's surplus Romanian furniture and, ba and a bakelite grip. Oh, that is cool looking. Yeah, it's good looking, right? That's really cool looking. Yeah. So, what are you guys selling those for? Those are an RSR exclusive. We're only mm. making fifty. Uh, mm. There's going to be fifty made uh, within this year, and they will be only available through RSR. So, if you're looking to purchase one, I would definitely contact your local dealer. Everybody's got an RSR account. Mm -hmm. um they will be pretty pretty hot 
and uh, I think they're going to probably move pretty quick. So I think they have an MSRP right around thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay, limited editions, and then you're saying Rifle Dynamics is discontinuing those, or no, only we're, doing we're only going to do fifty of them. Oh, you're limited only run. Do, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, <clears throat> super yeah. limited. Pretty yeah, cool. That look. Look, yeah, that looks good. That's a good looking. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good. I like that. Co- I like the color, the wood, the combination of everything going on there. That's uh, that's pretty sexy. You know, so so no one is going to be able to do that in kit form, I guess. Well, no, you'd have to get. There's a whole bunch of different uh, things you would have to get done in order to. Not frozen or. No, you're here. You're here. Go ahead. But we were talking about a minute ago. Your guy, like you're talking about the guy that don't scratch my gun. Mm-hmm. I'm actually tomorrow night. I'm taking that out to Pro Gun Vegas, and I'm going to shoot the uh, Wolverine Wednesday match with that gun. Okay. Nice. And I'm going to hurt it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'll definitely invite. Do you ever come out to Florida? I think you told me when I was hanging out with you at Shot Show that you're a Florida guy, right? I am a Floridian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where? I was where? Born and raised, where? Born and raised in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Boca. Okay, very cool. Yeah. So, um, and then I guess you you went out to Vegas when when you started working with Battle Arms. Okay, Correct. but you come back here from time to time. So if you're if you're ever in town, you want to shoot with us, man. Yeah, I mean. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Definitely. Where are you guys located again? Gainesville. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. 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 So um, you know we could shoot here. We've got some other places we could go to, but I've got my a range basically in my backyard. You know, awesome. I got lots of rusty <laughs> barrels. If you don't mind the guns being. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like code for something. Yeah, that's I don't know how I feel about that. It's it's, it's gonna be cold I got all now. The rusty barrels, you could have yeah, I, yeah, I got a rusty barrel for you. <laughs> um, no, this is cool. So, uh, what's in the future here? Obviously, I know you guys just did Shot Show where you announce all the new stuff. Are there any new things coming out through this year, or, or that's all in development? So yeah, we're, we're currently you know producing a few new parts and accessories and firearms that are mm-hmm. in the pipeline, that are in their either their third, what I would equivalent to the third quarter of uh, research and development and their finalization of production. Uh, stuff I can't really talk about, but, you know, definitely keep an eye out for us at NRA. And uh, probably I would say like the midpoint of the year uh, for a bunch of new product releases uh, that we're going to release um, here and again in about a few months as they become finalized. finalized. A couple new Glock things. I think so. I think the most notable is going to be for Glock, uh, and then some different versions of a few firearms that we currently produce, and then we're going to try to push the envelope on a couple other options as well. We're always trying to innovate here. So. Oh, okay. If while you're while you're making uh, Glock accessories, uh, can you make an accessory for the G44 so we can yeah. have some extra rounds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could look at it. Yeah, why the hell not? I'll talk to I'll talk to George and the boys, and we'll see if we can't can't mm-hmm. think about that. Yeah. The only downside to that gun so far is it's only a, a short magazine, ten rounds. Yeah, yeah, not threaded, short magazine. Um, I know, I know that there's a, there, it's very finicky with loading those magazines. So I don't know. We'll see. I guess when someone makes access like different magazines for it, if those are still difficult to. Load because I know from the video that we did, Patrick uh, Mac actually took out parts of our video and did a little mashup video showing that oh, he cool. had he had the same problems we did. Like if you don't load it properly, one plot uh, like sticks up uh, like that. Well, I have to go watch that. 
It was very interesting because, uh, you know what, I've got it. I've, he sent me a link somewhere. I don't know where he posted it, but he was asking me like, hey, can I post this? Because you guys went through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess you're supposed to slingshot it is what people were saying about that. Because if you if you try to hit the um, the slide release, it automatically will just strip off one of those things wrong in stovepipe almost so you got like people like oh you're supposed to slingshot it there's all these different things and apparently we were making those same mistakes which um he did a video on the taurus tx22 no no problems with that and the same thing with us we tested the tx22 also no issues so you know but the big thing about it i think is if you have glocks and you want to shoot 22 and you want the you know you want to be able to shoot like cheaply and using a Glock so it runs like the the guns that you shoot. I think that is where that comes in um, and and where that's really going to work. Let me uh, let me get to this. Opt out of gun control has a, a comment here that he wants to make. He says I've had the bad vert stock for several years now and I love it. The buffer broke and they shipped me one out immediately. Received cool. it within a couple of days. Great product and great customer service. So, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Do you want me to get you his info so the next time you mess up the? No, 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 no. no Send him the wrong thing. Yeah, we don't want. No, we don't want to do that. If you guys have comments or questions uh, for <laughs> Battlefield <laughs> for uh, Battle Arms here, let me know and I'll get them in. Someone was talking about the left-handed thing. But it's way back and I skipped over it. So if you're still here, um, I don't know if I'm going to get to that comment. But I, I know that's a big deal for folks out there, right? Absolutely. Ambidextrous is kind of the name of the game with us. So yeah. we, we try to show as much love to the lefties as we do to the righties. <laughs> yeah. How many different things do you make for the for the lefties? Well, I mean, we, we incorporate, incorporate that design as much as we can mm-hmm. to allow the left-handed shooter, especially with our ambidextrous uh, full caliber lowers to you know to have the same usability of that firearm that you would expect um, you know from the right-handed uh, shooter. So uh, currently, just our seven six our seven six two receiver set, our five five six receiver set, and then we're currently working on a few other products that will be drop-in replacements for our wrong-handed friends. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, uh, Stomping You Customs wants to know what do you do for the AK platform, which we were just talking about, something you, that you did with Rifle Dynamics. Are you guys planning on doing your own stuff for the AK platform? Yes. Uh, we're okay. looking at some accessories and some parts that we want to bring to the market. Mm-hmm. Is you know, I come from the AK industry. I worked at Kalashnikov USA for you know quite a little bit of time. And, you know, I have a lot of love for that gun. And, you know, it's something that me and George have been kicking around since I started here. And we are starting down a road of producing some accessories uh, and some parts for those guns uh, to bridge a gap that's not being filled in the market. Uh, stuff I, can, I, I can't really say quite yet because they're still in their R&D phases. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, not being done right for those guns or could be done a lot better and we're trying to address those issues and trying to help our our, our friends in the industry that that build these guns uh, on a daily basis with the supply chain because anybody who works in, with the ak will tell you right now that's the biggest mm-hmm. form in our side is supply yeah. chain when it comes to quality parts stuff is always yes always out of stock all the cool stuff 
What is the deal? Importing it? No, it just importing parts kits and stuff yeah. is is a pain in the ass. Yeah, trying to get stuff to build with. Yeah. So yeah. So so what do you mean stuff to build with? Sorry. Everything. Oh okay. So you guys are going to start manufacturing parts. Correct. Okay. A few. We're gonna we're gonna start with a few select items. Mm-hmm. You know that we think the end the the market could definitely benefit from. Uh, and then as that progresses, we'll just c- continue to expand on it. And then we're currently looking into with our import and export capabilities, seeing if there's a way to bring in some some stuff into the country that would help a lot of guys out. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Go ahead, Patrick. Now, I was just to say, do you um, having worked with AKs in the past, do you know anything about why supply chain dried up? I know it's um, kind of off topic, but like. Even Bulgarian stuff seems like it's impossible to come by now. It is generally due to the global conflict that we have going on right now uh, in, in in Afghanistan and all over the Middle East. Is okay. There is, I, I mean, literally years of scheduled shipments mm-hmm. through every one of these major military facilities in the Eastern Bloc right now of orders of rifles. And the commercial sector is on the bottom, bottom, bottom of the list. Yeah, so I guess it makes we're sense. We're last. Yeah, we're last. They, it's at the end of the day, it's you know, it comes. <laughs> Either fight a war or sell it to a civilian. You're going to fight a war. <laughs> yeah, those contracts are no joke, and yeah. you have a lot of money. And generally, you're you're going to it's a what would be equivalent to a quick flip, and that business keeps coming, and it keeps your doors open, and it keeps food in your belly, gas in your car. Uh, without worry. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. So do you think that's going to, cause, cause it seems to me like AKs are getting more and more popular, right? So is that going to push us to making more of our stuff over here? Or is that just not like, that just doesn't make sense to make stuff. But, you know, it, 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 it can, and it should, mm-hmm. but it's a matter of if it will, because that is going to be due to the willingness of American companies to pony up and spend the big money that it's going to cost mm-hmm. to bring the kind of manufacturing that is required for parts that go into an AK to be brought to the Western hemisphere versus the Eastern hemispheres. Our two manufacturing capabilities just don't jive. They don't oh. jive together. Uh, we don't do things the way they do things. And they don't do things the way we do things. And we can't CNC the CNC this problem away. Okay. Uh, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, so you got to bring in tools. Uh, is, I guess, is it like, do we have a lack of people with expertise and stuff like that, or? Yes, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, anybody who has built an AK will tell you the book to build an AR is this big. The book to build an AK is this big. <laughs> it, it, it requires oh. dedication, a lot of time, a lot of blood, a lot of sweat, and definitely a lot of tears. That seems mm-hmm. counterintuitive to me. Isn't the AK supposed to be the simpler thing, AK people, Patrick? Uh, it's hard to explain, I guess. <laughs> yeah, explain it to me. Just try to the explain other, to me how this is the more complicated thing. The other thing that, that I've run into personally is in Western countries, and especially in the U.S., the AR-15 is well documented. So there's mm. plenty of documentation on how things yes. originally were done, heat treating, what materials – Either just that stuff just never surfaced from the Soviet Union in some sense. Like it's really hard to get an original blueprint of an AK that tells you like specs and heat treat and material. Like, where AR fifteen on top of that, that, 
converting it into a 3D file <laughs> from what it was in the yep. Soviet Soviet bloc. So yep. it just like he was saying, it's just we don't have that background knowledge mm -hmm. that of doing this for decades upon decades upon decades of doing it right to do it to start from scratch here in the United States and do things right. And that's why you see some, and I'm not going to name some companies, but some companies that make guns that are just bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, we know. <laughs> I'm sure the AK guys out there screaming. We all have our own little list in our heads. <laughs> screaming yeah, it out right now. Yeah. So, and then I guess one of the dangers you run into, right, like as a company, someone thinking about investing into it, is that if you do all of this, you do all the setup, and then all of a sudden those supply, mar those supply lines open up, you just wasted a bunch of money because people are going to buy that stuff, right? It's cheaper. If it's Maybe. Okay. Uh, that, that, that there is something that, you know, that's, that's definitely the, you know, the devil's advocate kind of, you know, thought pattern. Mm -hmm. Now, my, my thing about it is if you kind of like do some research into, you know, the forecasting of uh, military bids and contracts, especially with guns like that, I mean, even if you just look at the uh, um, the SCAR, you know, I remember when I worked retail gun sales, I had my FN rep walk in and tell me, you're never getting SCAR 17s again. <laughs> you know, he flat out told me, he's like, you're never getting them again. He's like, you could sell those you got on the wall for whatever you want because they're gold at this point. What was the uh, reason for that? They're so backlogged for contract work. Oh, you know, selling guns, you know, to to in the military realm. So, the Eastern Bloc and you know, like all these big facilities coming out of there. Plus, then you have you know the biggest AK manufacturer, Kalashnikov Concern, mm -hmm. that can't do business with the Western world. You know, okay. because of you know obviously our our relationship with Russia. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're we're do we're we're only available to do business with the subsidiary companies in like Romania, Yugoslavia, Hungary, Hungary, and all these other com companies. And I don't think there's ever going to be enough civilian style kits or 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 sporterized configurations to come into the country to be able to compete with the demand, and then on top of that, be able to compete with if America does it right with the availability of the production of the guns that they will be able to provide. I'd like so, to see that. Yeah. I, I really, my, my hope. yeah, I would. Yeah. I really would like to see our manufacturing come up and, and make better AKs. Cause right now I, I know most of the AK people that I talk to are saying, yeah, Rami G's Romanians, uh, Bulgarians, Russians, you'll never be able to beat that. No matter what comes out in the U S we can never beat it. So, mm -hmm. Hopefully they'll get their minds yeah, changed. Yeah, I mean, just, doesn't it look like we're moving towards that now? Because AKs are getting more and more popular. More people are making them, right? As a matter of fact, my next question I was going to ask you, Paul, is, uh, you know, when is Battle Arms going to start making some AKs? Well, they have never. that one. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Never, 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 never. Oh, never? You're saying never. Never, 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 never. I hope never because I did it. Okay. And it is a pain, and I <laughs> I love what we got going on right now. I would uh -huh. love to make some parts, some accessories, uh -huh. some things to improve upon the system. Man, People I would love to help help anybody else. If you want to talk about how to OEM something, how to fix fix some, a supply chain issue, I'll help. I'll help you till I'm blue oh. in the face. Oh man, you but seem very I, you yeah. Know, you're you're well, locked in. People, people don't realize AR-15s. Like when you're building uh, the home builder, especially when you build your first AR-15, you're like, oh, this gun building thing is so easy. Then you start looking like, what's it take to build a big day? And even that's not 
difficult per se, but it's like it's not like an AR-15. Yeah, you need pneumatic presses. You mm-hmm. need specific dies and rivet and riveting tools. And then uh, obviously technique is a big thing. I mean, anybody who's ever sat in front of a, a pneumatic press and has that receiver locked in there and is about to hit that gas pedal and crush a rivet knows that feeling is like, Ooh, I hope it's I, right. <laughs> I move, I'm screwed. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it ain't no joke. Uh, once again, I'm going to say this seems more complicated than it should be. <laughs> Listen, you know, when, when these guns first came into country, people thought that and they were like, Oh, I can, I don't have to use rivets. I'll use uh, screws and I'll use this. Yeah, you weld it. I know Walter's welded a couple of AKs. Can be done. Yeah. I mean, he's good. He's a good welder. (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah, this is is so interesting. So so is it just because there's all these different styles of AKs? Is that what you guys think? There's there's no standard or mil spec? I don't want to say mil spec, but yeah. In, in the United States, there is zero standard of, of, of parts uh, when it comes to AKs. There, I mean, any any AK builder will tell you that is there is zero standard when it comes to the gun. So everybody does something different. Everybody uses different stuff. Everybody has an idea of what is in spec versus other people. And that debate can go on into infinity. One guy will <laughs> tell you this is the way. There's one way down that road. You either follow it or, you, or, you, or you're screwed. And one guy would be like, dude, I took that back road and I got the same way as you. Yeah. Um, so that, but okay, so then why not sit down and have the council of the gods of AK and standardize this bad boy? Money. Oh. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. So you think it'll never happen? It'll never happen? No, no, no. It, it, can, it can definitely happen. But I think a few big boys need to sit down and say, we're going to have to realize that we're going to have to share a piece of pie. Mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. is that it's not going to be my pie and 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 maybe you get this the crust is we're going to have to understand that there's a there we're, we're eating from one big pizza pie here mm-hmm. and we're all going to get enough slices of it so ford forging houses need to open up in the united states of america more forging houses mm-hmm. and especially with what's going on with the coronavirus right now and the ability to get stuff through china mm-hmm. forging houses are backlogged like crazy Mm-hmm. on everything not just air not just gun stuff but just and that's what's clogging up a lot of gun stuff is just forgings in general are just unbelievably out, outside of america right no in america oh, in america because okay there's so many forged parts that we they, that are coming out of forging houses out of china right mm-hmm. well you can't get them anymore right now so oh. the american forging houses are taking on that business oh. and that's just exponentially right. uh, flowing up the time frame on you know other stuff that you would get so more forging houses need to come uh, be opened in the United States, and on top of that, those forging houses need to have a from the ground up relationship with the AK manufacturers. That there's a priority on their stuff because that's another big thing is a lot of these third party machinists don't prioritize us. Is at the end of the day, automotive like you'd be biggest industry. How many, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in this industry, like how many manufacturers, your favorite manufacturers are on the bottom of the list of their manufacturer because they're producing uh, parts for Ford or, uh, or whoever, you know? Yeah, or aerospace or whatever yep. it is that's mm-hmm. booming. Oh, that's, you know what? Okay, the, you know what? Never thought of it that way. I'm glad we had you on to uh, to get into this. So what do you think the impact of, so like, for example, with uh, uh, Palmetto State Armory, 
and some other places getting into it. I know Palmetto State is big and growing. Do you think they'll be able to move the needle, or the jury's still out on, on that right now? They're doing great. Uh, I got a lot of respect for Palmetto State Armory, what they do, how they do it, um, and kind of the direction that they're moving in. I think that that, and, you know, for the guys that, that scoff at Palmetto State, uh, that, you know, say, oh, well, I mean, I, I, I don't like the quality, whatever it is. I, I, I don't listen to those guys. You know, they, they make great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the day, they own a lot of the manufacturing mm-hmm. capabilities for your other favorite brands. That's so, I, uh, the, Every time I hear somebody complain about PSA, I'm always like, do you know what OEM means? Like, have you ever looked yeah. that up? Because yeah. your brands, your favorite brands are not making in-house no. hardly anything yeah. a lot of times. <laughs> and that's the that's the best part about it is it's like you have rebrand rebranded stuff and yeah. um you're swearing by it because it has this laser They're, engraving on it yeah versus that laser <laughs> engraving on exactly it. and uh good luck with that yeah but they're great they're a great company they are they are definitely changing the tide of manufacturing when it comes to these firearms in the country especially the AK I, I got to give Palmetto State a lot of respect where respect is due is they're they're doing a lot of work for that gun right now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me see. I'm I'm kind of like way back on the comments. If you see any uh, current ones, Patrick, that I need to get to, let me know. Uh, James Miller was the one who he said, uh, being a lefty, the bad C A S S dash S A dash S T is my go-to safety for builds. I also use their pivot takedown pins and magazine release buttons. Good stuff. Thank you, thank you, James. That's from James out there. Um, how did the you you mentioned the coronavirus? How is that affecting you? I know like people are getting more worried. I think the stock market went down another nine hundred points today. You know, um, they're saying coronavirus is definitely. I think we've got like thirty five cases here, but they're saying coronavirus definitely going to hit America. How is that looking for you guys? And and how much do you talk about it in the business? And where do you project? You know, how do you project that's going to affect you? Well, with the the whole you know, the ports being shut down in China thing, you know, you watch that a lot of uh, American manufacturers of, of just about anything are now in, you know, in their workload has quadrupled. So this is generally going to relate to longer time frames for uh, production of anything uh, in the whole of the industry, not just for us. Um, so that's pretty much the major aspect of it is now, um, you know, we're going to pick up a lot more OEM production and everybody else mm-hmm. is going to start picking up a lot more OEM production of stuff that they may have been getting overseas uh, or that now they just can't go to their source uh, in the states that they were going to because they're so backlogged uh, or they're going to give them such a ridiculous time frame that my time frame is better, whatever it may be. Uh, the corona, whole coronavirus thing uh, scares the crap out of me. Um, you know, in a lot of different ways, especially because I'm about to travel internationally. Yeah, you're about to go to Germany, man. I'm about to go to Italy, too. And oh, right, yeah. And a lot of confirmed cases in yeah. Italy right now. Yeah. A little scary. But I am going to not touch people. And, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> my buddy my buddy John Dufresne at Kinetic Consulting uh, does this thing. And he, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up and show you. He calls it his personal bubble. And he puts his hands out, and he does a 360. And if you're within that, it's not good for you. So I'm going to do that a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, really? And, uh, that's your, okay. That's, that's your plan, that. huh? Don't break don't, that bubble. Yeah, don't get in my personal space. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, good luck with that. <laughs> I hope that I know, works. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope that works out for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I would say uh, have some kind of bodyguards or something like that. Um, let me get this. Ryan Cox says, I just want someone to make a, a 545 Draco with a SB Tactical PDW oh, no. brace. No, <laughs> never. You know, don't like that. Dra Dracos are <laughs> awful. Get rid of them. <laughs> you can contact Rifle Dynamics and get a 545 pistol mm -hmm. with, yeah. a, with their Picatinny Rail Trunnion and a side-folding SB brace. Mm -hmm. There's something <laughs> for you. Think of the price of a Draco versus the price of... <laughs> That's what you gonna... get, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I hope you get that. I hope you get that, Ryan. You know, I'm, pu I'm pulling for you. Um, listen, it could happen. It could happen. I, I know 545 is getting bigger. That's one of the things. Wait till PSA gets in there. Honest. Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite calibers of all time. Yeah. They, I love my 4.5. Yeah. Love they will bring it back. They will bring it back. And then hopefully we, we get some manufacturing here, like people making it. Um, so how much of, like, what do you, what kind of caution do you guys build into, let's say with this coronavirus, right, and you ramp up stuff, what kind of caution do you build into that? Because we see that, so for example, in the elections back in 2016, everyone had the Hillary plan. People were making ARs like they were losing their minds. And then lots of people uh, took out loans, hired people, bought machines or lease machines or whatever, built all these ARs. They didn't sell as well. You had to cut the prices, etc. What kind of What kind of caution do you build in when things happen that move the market like this? Well, the knowledge of what you just said, you know, we all we were in business when that happened. Uh, at that time, our, our production capabilities weren't what they are today. So we didn't have the ability to just go, hey, turn on the machine and run AR lowers till till next year. Um, so right now, generally, it's I, we understand that there could be a potential massive gain by preparing for such a thing like that. Mm -hmm. However, we also understand that the risk is super massive, too. So generally, we're not producing something without a PO. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not going to we're not going to prescribe into the prep preparatory manufacturing of anything unless something actually happens. OK. Yeah. So just whatever where your capability is at right now, you might run it to the bleeding edge, but not necessarily bring it in uh, like buying another warehouse or something like that. Right. No, listen, at the, wor at the worst, it will come down to if something were to happen where there was a massive need for more volume on the market, we just have guys working 24-7. That would be about it. We'd have okay. two shifts. Yeah. What kind of, how does, what, what does your uh, facilities look like size-wise, uh, if you could tell so us? We have a pretty, I, I could not tell you the square footage, we have a pretty nice facility here. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty much a little compound that's uh, all fenced in, and we have two major buildings uh, the building that I'm in right now is the the offices, and this is where I'm housed, and, and the owners, the creative director, our conference room, and, and things of that nature. And then we have uh, another building just right out this window over here that's probably double the size that has all of our machinery, our production facility, storage, our parts and shipping facility. Uh, Hank, next time you're in Vegas, please come by, take a tour, as well as, as yourself. You know, please, any time you guys are welcome. Yeah, we don't allow babyface P in Las Vegas. Can't travel. Yeah, <laughs> no, he well, might. I, he I, says he's going to be there for next shot show. He says he's going to be there. Yeah, no, definitely. I yeah. want to. 
So next shot, show. Yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He'll take you up on that. Yeah. You know? Hey, be careful what you offer. Here. Yeah. Communicate. <laughs> you know, he'll commute in with you every morning. We'll see. How, we'll see how that goes. I don't know if he likes getting up that early. Um, <laughs> so, oh, it was something I was going to ask you here. So, like, what kind of, um, how many CNC machines and things like that do you guys have over there? Uh, we're currently running uh, four different machines mm -hmm. uh, that are all doing uh, various work and. Um, you know, that all have their individual tasks, uh, right now, uh, that, that generally changes daily. Uh, and then, you know, bigger, bigger for us is really, um, especially when, with the scale of building full firearms is re redoing a little bit of the, the methodology of how we have that place set up for production. We actually just brought in a new production manager and he is, uh, hit the ground running, and really, really changed uh, my lead times on how, how long it takes on something to get built. Uh, and we're instituting, you know, that more of big company production scale uh, mindset behind everything we're doing back there. Okay, very cool. Um, let me see. By the way, I think I'll, uh, the next time I'll be in Vegas is April or something like that. So um, let's see. Brian Quick. Oh, actually, I think there's a, uh, there's a super chat. Let me see if I can get to this. Uh, Alaskan Ballistics, uh, he says, we're fighting red flag laws in Alaska. I have a petition up for non-Alaskan residents to say they're not spending their money traveling here. Thanks for the great show and keep up the good work, Hank. Okay, awesome. Uh, put the link in here in the chat if you can to that. Uh, we'll try to share it for you, Alaskan Ballistics. Yeah, send, send me that. I'll sign it. Yeah. Uh, if you can just throw that in the chat for us, we'd appreciate it here. And then we'll, we'll figure out how to do something with that once once it gets into the well, chat I, I, Go ahead. i'd love to hear your guys's um so i left florida i think before do, we, do you guys have red flag laws oh we do or? now that was, so i think i left before they got instituted so can you guys kind of touch on that because i'm i'm kind of i know we have them in nevada and it sucks I, I don't know what's going on back home, and I'm a little, I'm a little curious about that. Uh, okay, let's see. Patrick, I'll let you start down this road. You uh, we have – so, yeah, we have a red flag law in place where you can get red flagged for about anything, I think, as yeah. long as somebody doesn't like you and knows – and or knows people in high places, which has happened. Yeah. Uh, somebody knows somebody high up and says, my neighbor's being an asshole. Go red flag them. Mm. Um, we also have soft gun control in the form of um, – they upped the age of buying a rifle from 18 to 21, which is insane. And what else yeah, did we right. just get? Yeah, a lot of that happened after Parkland, right? So, yeah, yeah all these crazy things uh, went into effect. The, the, the Basically, you know, so when we talk about politics, I often think that neither, neither one of the sides of the aisle are really on our side. And here in Florida, everything's pretty much run by Republicans. But with pressure, you know, Bloomberg pumping in money, et cetera, after that Parkland thing, um, and then also like the NRA not really giving much of a backbone to those guys, they kind of caved and gave into a lot of stuff. And they said, oh, we'll, we'll get you guys this and this. Like we'll get where um, you can have people volunteer to protect schools, et cetera. Except they put in something there where the school or the sheriff in that county could veto it. So your more liberal counties, of course, are going to veto all that stuff. Yeah, we have red flag laws. They've already been abused. Um, you know, we've got the 21 age limits. We've got all kinds of crazy things like 
basically you're not even really allowed to modify triggers and stuff like that on guns technically you know there's all these weird things i think going on with the laws here in florida that it's, it's almost a situation where on, they're on the books and when we talk to a lot of those guys they're like hey that's on the books it's not that big of a deal some of them are a big deal because the the ffls can't sell things because of laws on the books when they first yeah. went when that first happened a lot of things got caught up in limbo i'm not really sure if those got um release from limbo and then once these laws are on the books if you get the right person it let's say as attorney general in florida they can pretty much start just like you could show up at a two-gun or a three-gun match and start prosecuting everyone like locking people up so potentially if they wanted to yeah yeah and they're constantly trying to sneak stuff into the constitution here in florida which we've beat back a lot of that but i think we really need to overturn a lot of what happened um you know, that, that we got from those Parkland laws, I think. Because to me, they're completely ineffective. And at the same time, we should still work on letting people volunteer to protect schools, et yeah. cetera, over here. Yeah. I remember I was still selling guns retail mm -hmm. uh, when that happened. I worked for uh, one of the greatest gun stores ever, Delray Shooting Center. And uh, I remember that the overnight, the, the, the age for buying a you know, firearm went all the way to 21 for everybody. And I remember especially what started to concern me was uh, FDLE, what we, which is what we use for, you know, our, our background check on everybody, mm -hmm. started requiring a lot more information uh, about the individual. And then the biggest thing that I really, really didn't like is that we lost conditional non-approval and that that went to decision pending. Because mm -hmm. decision pending can be indefinite. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that a lot of guys don't know about this because, you know, we don't have criminal records. We don't have to worry about stuff like this. Right, right. But you, know, you have guys that, you know, may have some sort of background uh, that, you know, doesn't really disqualify them from firing a gun, from not buying a gun. It could be just a sealed record that, yeah. uh, you know, that Tallahassee kid can't look at from FDLE. Yeah. And now instead of getting a conditional non-approval, which within a certain amount of time I could release a firearm on a conditional non-approval, now it's a decision pending. and. Yeah. You don't know when you're getting an approval. That can just happen from like a similar name or something like that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred you know, percent. Stolen Smith, identity. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's there, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. I think they're still pushing things here um, in Florida. The funny thing about it is, like you realize that there's lots of people in Florida that don't even realize these laws are in effect. Oh, don't even start with me. You know. So um, I think we're I think we're in danger in every state. And I've noticed them going pretty aggressive at uh, the pro-gun states. Uh, there was something we were talking about last week where there's a new toolkit that they put out, which is basically like the talking points and points of law that they want, because these guys share it, right? What's this, this is like a very organized way of going about gun control nowadays, red flag laws and all that. And, and I really feel, I've been talking to people about this, there's there's actual firearms experts who are giving these guys advice, right? Um, I don't, I don't want to get into too deep to who it is, but people Girl. who are very knowledgeable are out there giving them advice on what to do. So that's why things are getting so much worse, and that's why you notice like 
Do you remember, like, back in 2013, everyone was like, oh, if I'm grandfathered in, I don't care what they do to the next yeah. person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, but have you noticed now grandfathering doesn't even happen? That's because it it, it doesn't – well, it never existed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, mm -hmm. and, like, I don't know where people – people got that crap from mm -hmm. the, the 86 ban, you know, and, they, you know, they thought that was, a, that was a thing. I don't think it's ever been a thing. I don't know why. I've never heard – the word grandfathering used on an ATF document myself, mm -hmm. you know, so I never liked any of that, but yeah, I, I mm -hmm. completely agree, man. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's also pretty crazy coming from Florida, moving to a different state and seeing like how just like you were saying, like people were like, Oh, I don't care. It's grandfathered in like the kind of like relationship people have like with firearms that maybe are not so pro gun is we're like a super democratic state, mm -hmm. Nevada. And, but everyone out here owns a gun. I mean, like, I, I feel like, especially coming from Florida, like the amount of people I meet that own guns mm -hmm. and, like, use their firearms on a normal basis versus Florida is huge. Like, people shoot out here. People own the guns. But I've also met plenty of people that are like, yeah, man, I got, like, six AR-15s. I love guns. But, you know, I think registration could be a good thing. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, you know, no sense. you're a terrible person. Yeah. But, that's a that's an oxymoron you just met. Yep. Yeah. Basically. And I've had that conversation, and I'm like, mm -hmm. well, how do you figure? And uh, you know, it's never never a lot of information that comes out of that. But you know, it's it's kind of like this weird, you know, just like you said, like it's an oxymoron. It's like it's like yeah, like I'm I love guns, but you know, I wouldn't be so opposed to them being more regulated. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I d I don't know how that. You know what? I, I think that that's not going to be forever in a place like Nevada. No. Because the people used to be able to get whatever, so probably f folks who were from there, their parents, their grandparents had these things and they were used to it, but just younger people now are falling into this trap, right? So at some point they'll realize that even what they have, they won't be able to have. And then they'll want to get activated and do something about it, but it'll be kind of too late. Because it oh, is yeah. weird, it is weird how that happens that those folks who have those things somehow support the people that want to take it away from them. Because they think they're safe. Yeah, I have it. You're not going to take it from me. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm out, I'm out of that demographic that could be screwed if I didn't have one when when if they, if I needed one. But it's it's mm -hmm. a very weird. You know, I'm 28 years old. Uh, you know, I'm not married, and you know, I go out a lot, and, and you know, I try to meet people and, and enjoy the nightlife around here. And you know, a lot of the people I meet, you know, it's it's, it's uh, for so I don't I don't really understand it, but for my, people in my age demographic, it's cool to be liberal. Mm -hmm. and I, don't I, don't, I don't get it. I yeah, don't I'm, get it one bit. I don't, I, I don't I, understand why that's cool or why that's uh, like something that you know is is like associated to I guess a kind of lifestyle. But like it, I it, I just feel like they they feel like they have to be. Is I mean I'm, I'm and as funny as this is going to sound, like listen, I'm on. On all the dating apps, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, all the I'm apps, to, all the apps. I'm, I'm out here trying to do my thing 24/7. But <laughs> hey, every, listen, no shame, no shame in the every game. Every single girl on there, though, feels like it's 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 in their thing to put their political belief is yep. liberal. Yeah, every yeah. single one. Yeah, and I meet them, and I'm like, oh, and and I tell them what I do, and they're like, oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm like. Really? Uh, okay, I thought you were like I don't say like I thought you were a liberal. It turns out they have either zero political belief or it's just like, cool. It's trendy. But they don't want to be not seen in that light. 
mm-hmm. that they could because if they say they're a conservative or they say they're a Republican, that they feel like that's too bold of a statement is that it's a safe bet to be a liberal, you know, or a Democrat is that you won't uh, experience ridicule. Mm-hmm. So where do you guys think this is coming from? You guys are in the same roughly same age category. I'm a little older. I, what do you, yeah. you think is coming from? Yeah, so for the record, I just turned 31, so I'm not too far off from you. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I, it's hard to say. It's ridiculous how um, <laughs> it, it does seem like a, a, a trendy thing to be like a Bernie Sanders supporter or something like that. Yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, okay. I think that's kind of what it is. It's like it's marketing, man. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. I mean, look mm-hmm. at look at how many fire firearms brands are selling guns out the wazoo over a simple marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I love Q. Don't get me wrong. I think they make fantastic product. But if Q didn't have the marketing that they have, they would not be anywhere that they are. Mm-hmm. And it's so much marketing. And it's the best marketing. Right. I mean, it, it's a lot the legend. It's a lot of it is the legend of who's behind it, right? Yeah. He's, he's had so many different yeah. companies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys see Silent Chico's new marketing video for the Maxim? No, I haven't no. seen it. No. Watch it. Okay. It's an 80s Vice-themed video. <laughs> for the Maxim. Yeah, that's that from way back when they that's from way back when they put the Maxim out, isn't it? Or is that new? I don't know. I just saw it for the first time. Oh, okay. no, no, no. They had that from a while back when they put the Maxim oh, out. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was great. Right. I just saw that. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, "Sarge, my ears are killing me." And he hands him the Maxim. Yeah. yeah. yeah, like, yeah this yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah, that's from that's from way back. I think a, a lot of this, a lot of selling stuff is marketing, obviously. <laughs> Right, without a doubt. I no, mean, it's it really is. It absolutely is. I put my fifty Guess bucks what? down for the freaking uh, Cybertruck. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Bernie Sanders is good at marketing. <laughs> yes, uh, and and I think that it is like what people, the public perception. So, like you're saying, I don't know, Patrick, uh, how long you've been off the dating field. Um, I've not really had to. I, I, I'm from. Four years? Okay, I'm from the old school where you... So let me explain this to you guys. You're not going to believe this, but back in the days, you actually just like bumped into people and had <laughs> conversations and used to go on these things called dates and try to figure it out. So I don't have to do that, but I think that when people are doing that, right, and putting in public, you know, like they're out there looking for for to make matches and stuff and they put it out in public, they feel like they have to say this stuff Otherwise, they'll be ridiculed or people mm-hmm. come down on them. But that's not really what they believe. Isn't that what happened with Brexit? When when all the, the, the predictions of Brexit were coming in and everyone was like, oh, no, they, they're going to stay. They're going to stay in the European Union. But really, most of the people in England were like, no, we want to get the hell out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and then I think it's the same thing with the elections. You know, they said that Hillary was going to win hands down. That's why companies went out there and, and like just ramped up this production of AR-15s, right? But, but that's not really what happened. I think at the end of the day, people are like, yeah, we don't really like that. <laughs> yeah, we're not really going in that direction. You know, I mean, especially if you talk to any gun store employee that worked retail during that election, mm-hmm. they will be like, I have, I have stories out the wazoo of customers coming in and telling me, oh, did you hear what happened today? Oh, don't you know what's coming? Mm-hmm. Like, I heard that this is... And, like, they're telling me, this is why I'm buying this gun today. I want this because I this is happening. You're not ready for it? I'm like, dude, 
you're talking gibberish. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. But that's true. That's what happened, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone in America at that point said, you know what? I got to get this thing they're talking about called the AR-15. I got to get me one of those. And they would go into the store and they wouldn't go for the $2,000 one. Right? Of course not. They're so looking for that five ninety nine or less. <laughs> Course. Yeah. Remember, gun stores literally had a bunch of ARs just right laid out on the floor. So what was it? Sportsters? Was it? I think it was. Wasn't it like a lot of? Yeah, I think it was a lot of like Smith and Wesson Sportsters or something like that. Like five ninety nine or something. And Those they, were what we're selling. Everybody yeah. wanted that. Yeah, and yeah. everyone was buying that because they were like, "Hey, I gotta get one of these." You know. Um, <laughs> And believe it or not, we still have a high volume of sales going on. Yeah, I, you know, that's another funny part is you, you hear guys, and I remember right when, right, probably the first year of Trump's election, is this term got thrown around called the Trump slump. I don't believe that is real, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't, I, I haven't experienced the Trump slump. And um, guns, and guns. Yeah with, with, yeah, with the sales of firearms. Listen, everyone got really, really used to how much got sold when there was panic buying. Mm -hmm. Listen, the market changed after Trump got elected because there wasn't panic buying. Mm -hmm. And I and somebody of, of, you know, of stature in this industry said this to me last year. He goes, man, people are buying what they want, not what they can get. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of truth in that. And that's why a lot of manufacturers are able to produce some really cool stuff right now mm-hmm. and push the envelope. And that's why kind of the trend in this industry right now is innovate or die because that's where we're at is mm-hmm. there's no panic buy. Mm-hmm. So you either make cool new stuff or you try to, or you try to continue to do what you've been doing and good luck with that. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. They're, they're <clears throat> so I think a lot of people that got into the market during the Obama era didn't realize this isn't the norm for the gun industry, and they ramped, 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 especially expecting Hillary to win and getting on the Hillary train. And they were like, oh, shit, we're not selling like we were supposed to, like we did for the last eight years. All the guys that have been in it since before, like a friend of ours, Safety Over Firearms, was like, "He, I've been in it since 1993 or whatever. I know the trends, and you guys are not. You shouldn't be you know, ramping up right now with thinking Hillary is going to go into office. Yeah, mm-hmm. They yeah. saw no ceiling. And that yeah. was their problem. Yep. They, they didn't think there was a ceiling. There's a ceiling no matter what. Everything, Absolutely. all good things must come to an end. Mm-hmm. And you have to be mindful of that. And I'm really, I'm super thankful the owners of Battle Arms Development especially were mindful of that in that time frame and didn't hurt this business when they could have technically hurt the business and, and kept things at a, at a level that was smart for them. And that's something that, you know, I've been very impressed with the the, the planning of, of, of our growth with Battle Arms Development is Everything was thought of in the future. I mean, I've got empty offices in this office complex because we're not fully staffed where we want to be quite yet. Mm-hmm. But there's a plan for who and what is going to go into those those offices. They're not yeah. empty offices. Oh, okay. No, that's great. That's how it should be. Yeah. There's, be prudent. Slow, slow growth, slow and steady growth is never a bad thing. Trying to jump the gun and get ahead not is way too risky. For me, at least. I, I always feel like it's too risky. But mm-hmm. Depends on who you are, what level yeah. of tolerance you have for risk. You know, you got to have like, uh, you got to have a high level of tolerance. Uh, Harry's Holster says my local gun shop is up 10%. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think there was a hit that everybody took. And then after that hit, 
things have settled out to how they should be. The market's mm-hmm. really settled out to where it's supposed to be instead of, mm-hmm. God, after Sandy Hook and Obama and all the other things where you couldn't even get 9mm at Walmart at the time, mm-hmm. um, the market's finally settled into where it's, it's comfortable again. Yeah. I think also there were companies like – so, for example, there's companies that don't take out a lot of loans you know, or pay for everything cash and mm-hmm. or, or temper their production – uh, properly according to demand and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, there are companies that have gone out of business and companies that continue to go out of business. So we are seeing some of that. There are companies leaving. Yeah. Even at SHOT Show this year, we saw there were companies that just were not at SHOT Show. Mm-hmm. Right? Some of that has to do with the big company takeovers um, from some of those guys going away. Some of it has to do with what we're talking about, that people just took out too many loans, built out too much. Um, but for the most part, if companies are, are prudent and think about what they're doing, they'll be there uh, for a long time. We do have the Second Amendment right now. We do have to actually stand up and actually fight for that. I think if you go back to 2013, I remember going into gun stores and people were like, in the gun stores, we're like, hey, guys, they're not coming for any of your guns. What's wrong with you guys? Nobody's going to take your guns. I think that's not a question today. We know that there's people out there. Politicians are running on saying, oh, we're, we're going to take guns. Mm-hmm. Right? That's outright yeah. happening. So that's not a debate. Um, so the problem, I think, in terms of the Trump slump that I see is that because we have Trump in office – a lot of people are getting very complacent out there because they, they think like what they really think in their brain is there's no way this is going to happen. Well, this those guy's people, not going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those people are the guys that bought a small, a, a sportster mm-hmm. that, that, that don't understand the, the actual scope of the industry mm-hmm. that, that think like they're never, you know, it's never going to happen. They're not constantly watching what's going to happen. That's that stopped the that narrative stopped in their life when they bought that gun. Mm-hmm. That that was the end of it for them. They thought, okay, I, I got mine. Thing. I supported the Second Amendment. I bought this gun. I have it now. You're not taking it from me. Mm-hmm. So it's over. It's yeah. not over. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. And that guy who only has that one gun and hasn't found out about why he has that freedom and that ability to do that, to defend himself on that gun, all of that kind of stuff, if he doesn't figure that out, he, he's definitely going to lose that ability, and he's that person who's going to go, okay, I'm sorry, I can't have this, and then give it up, right? So that's the scary thing, but I think there's always an opportunity in there because these are gateways to freedom once people realize, like, why do I have this? Why does this ability exist? What does it really mean? You know, and then if you if you start figuring that out, because I think ultimately we are still seeing numbers go up because all the things that people are seeing in the world are telling them I cannot rely on anyone else for my own safety. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, You were you were mentioning that you've got the uh, open offices and all that kind of stuff. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, Um, you know, it seems uh, you guys currently hiring. Yeah, for anything production based, we are hiring. Okay, um, absolutely. We're always looking to bring on uh, quality people uh, to add to our production uh, capabilities. At currently, at this juncture, for the you know the I guess the higher the hierarchy of battle arms development and uh, you know logistics, sales, and anything like that, we are currently fully staffed uh, for our needs. 
but uh, our production is growing ridiculously at this moment. Mm -hmm. And if there's any local people in Nevada that are looking for a good job, uh, send an email to sales at battlearmsdevelopment.com and we'll take a look at your resume. Okay, very cool. What kind of uh, skills do people need to have? What specific skills um, are you looking for? Or are there no skills that are necessary in the production thing? Do you guys train? Oh, we absolutely train. Okay. Uh, we, we, we're lucky enough to have a lot of dudes that work here with a ton of knowledge on the weapon system and a ton of knowledge on how to properly build the weapon system. So uh, basic hand, hand tool skills, uh, some sort of mechanical ability, especially in production, is going to be uh, a work ethic is the biggest thing. Okay. All right. Yeah, absolutely work ethic. Yeah, very cool. So if you're if you're out there in Nevada, you said was it Henderson area? We're in Henderson. Correct. Henderson. So there you go, which is not far from Vegas. No. If you're if you're out there, which I know there's lots of gun people, or there's some gun people that watch this show. If you're looking for a gig, hit up Battle Arms. Do you guys? Uh, if you if you work there, do I get a gun every six months or <laughs> every year? I wish. What's my benefits? <laughs> no. We have great we have great benefits. Unfortunately, that's not one of them. Ah, okay. <laughs> Listen, if you if you get a chance to talk to the higher ups, this will be a good you know benefit to plug in there. You know, free guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people do that. Some people do that. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I remember the people at Caltech telling me. I think every six months or something, you work at Caltech, you get a free gun. Well, I think it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Just a little. Yeah, a little bit. No, no, no. There's definitely. Um, uh, you, you all, Adam Adamas says you have a spot in R and D. R and D is currently pretty much full. We yeah. have a great, great setup in R and D. We have uh, one gentleman that that is uh, constantly in house, and uh, one that is remote. Uh, those two guys are uh, an absolute dream team. So R&D is currently staffed. Oh, see? Just standard production. Yeah. Everybody wants to pull the triggers over there. Yeah. Everybody wants to pull the triggers. Do you, do you, are you looking for a guy to run a YouTube channel or something? Oh, that's probably your gig. Yeah. If you're looking uh, for someone to do the podcast or something. I don't if you're know. looking for somebody that knows nothing about anything. <laughs> yeah, but can talk. Definitely but can run his mouth. Yeah. Battle. yeah. Battle. <laughs> Well, I definitely am enjoying uh, being a guest on this podcast. So, yeah, as much as you'd like that one to, to be on it, I'll be on it with you. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> yes. Listen, you are. I, I actually, I'm enjoying having this conversation with you as well, man. You seem very knowledgeable, which which is a cool thing. You're open to talk about stuff. Uh, Yule says he doesn't need healthcare; he just needs a free gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I don't got to pay him a salary. <laughs> I think that will work. Uh, yeah, I guarantee you there's some kind of labor laws about that, but you know, just get some, uh, just get some release forms. <laughs> you know, just say, okay, sir, yeah. sign this form here. You go, you know, forget it. We'll just give you guns. Yeah, I know people who would actually do that. Yeah, I'm sure. There's people who would legitimately do that. All right, let's see if anyone has any other uh, questions out there. Uh, I wanted to. I'm gonna probably dig into some new stuff that's going on. Um, let's see. Let's look at... Actually, we were just talking about labor laws. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Fox News has this... Um, you, you ever heard of the Young Turks? Oh, God. Uh, not particularly. Yes. What have they done now? <laughs> so, uh, Cenk... Uh, uh, I think it's, it's Cenk Uger from the Young Turks, right? He's been famously pro-union. 
right? Mm -hmm. All this time, he's done lots of stuff. Uh, you know, got to have the unions and all that. He's Unt as far left as you can get, just yeah. about. Until the, the the folks that work for him decided, decided to unionize. Yeah, they decided <laughs> to unionize, and he was like, "Hell to the no." Did he? What happened? What did he yeah. say? Uh, let me see. I know this is going to mess up the audio here, but I'll throw this up here for a second so everyone Dude, can see. It's funny. Young Turks founder Cenk Uyghur says a union would hurt progressive outlet. <laughs> it's good for everybody except for you. You can't yeah, do that. Except for him. Yeah. Liberal host turned congressional hopeful <laughs> Cenk Uyghur reportedly urged staffers of his far left news outlet, the Young Turks, <laughs> not to unionize because it would help a smaller digital media company. Uh, it, because it wouldn't help a smaller digital media company, despite the company's progressive views. The That's Post, some of the funniest shit. Yeah. Um, by the way, so uh, what's his name? The other guy that's sponsored by Walther. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, man. How did that name get out of my head? The Mug Club. Louder. Louder with Crowder. Uh, was, yeah. That's where I saw this today, and it, it was cracking up Crowder, but it was cracking me up, too. It's hilarious. So, yeah, the Huffington Post reported that uh, February 12th, all staff meeting was supposed to deal with personnel matters, but things changed when a Twitter account claimed that the Young Turk employees intended to form a union. Uyghur urged employees not to do so, arguing that a union does not belong in a small independent outlet like TYT. Um, citing uh, the Huffington Post reported citing two employees who were in attendance. He said if there had been a union, at the network, it would not have grown the way it has. I mean, this is what like everyone says. Um, noting that staffers said Uger became frustrated, chastising an employee in the process. Uh, lots of uh, very hypocritical here, you know. Unions for everybody except me. Yeah, that's basically what's good. Did did uh, Babyface freeze? Uh oh, looks like he's frozen here. Let me see. Did a little frozen. It's a good angle yeah. on him, though. Yeah. He's uh, ch it chiseled out in that particular thing. Okay. Let's see if he'll come back, uh, if we'll get him to come back on here. So, yeah, man, what do you, you know, hypocrisy, hypocrisy, basically. That's what's going on over there. Everybody else has to do, and this is the, this is the thing, right? Like, it's very, it's very tough, especially when you're a small business and you're forced to have to, like, unionize and deal with that. But he's been saying all this time, like, no, everybody has to have unions. But when it's his turn, no. Oh, wait a second. Is that me? We lost him. Yeah. Um, you're still, okay, you're still here. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we'll probably get Patrick back here in a second, everyone. Let me see. I'll try to, I might have to add him back in. Otherwise, he won't get him here. Okay, so that's one news thing here. Let me go on to some other stuff. He's back. I'm back. Oh, okay. There we go. Crash out, came back. What happened to you? Okay, I don't see. I don't see your face. It's though. coming back. It's coming back. My camera is too dark, so I'm trying to get it to reset. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I think the unions did that to you, by the way. <laughs> That's right. I was joking about unions. They were not happy. Yeah. Do not mess around <laughs> with the unions, my friend. That's a recipe for disaster. Um, anyone here ever been in a union? I was a teamster once. No. 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 Do yeah. not believe in unions. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have to be a teamster? Like if you're in that industry, like they, it's like a mafia. Um, for, no, it's not like a mafia. It is the mafia. Yeah, it is the mafia. <laughs> uh, but I started out not being in the union. I, I worked at this hospital and the hospital was not unionized. And um, there was construction going on there, which uh, 
so that you know the construction guys were union. Lots of them were mafia. I saw the FBI coming up there and arresting dudes. You know, like there were people bringing up bags of money and all that kind of stuff there. Oh my God! So it is a mafia. Yeah. So those those guys actually got the hospital organized and started a union. And for a time period, everyone had to be in the union. Oh my God! Yeah, it was real funny. It was really funny. That's that's all I ever need to to see of that kind of thing. Um, you know, like I went to their union offices where it was all Cadillacs. They were on Park Avenue. You know, they had a really big office building, and in the garage, it was all caddies in there. <laughs> you know, so uh, I learned that one the hard way. Oh, where are you on my phone? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. What other new stuff is out there? Let's see. Um, here's something. We were talking about Black Guns Matter before. Um, Gun Owners Foundation and Black Guns Matter put $25,000 grant to work in inner cities. So I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, so uh, Maj Ture is out there. He, I, I think he's trying to raise a million dollars to educate the inner cities on firearm safe, uh, safety. So um, this is from Amoland News. On Friday, Executive Vice President of Gun Owner uh, Foundation, John Valeco and Maj Ture, founder of Black Guns Matter, announced a partnership to further Second Amendment rights in urban areas, GOA's legal arm, Gun Owners Foundation will partner with Black Guns Matter to support urban outreach efforts. The two groups celebrated Black History Month by announcing the program at Maryland Capitol Building in Annapolis, which is the site of the new Harriet Tubman statue. So the parties held a press conference in front of the Frederick Douglass Memorial. We believe that the Second Amendment applies to everyone, regardless of your economic situation, your gender, your race. The Second Amendment applies equally to all Americans. Leco told the crowd, even gun control proponents might agree that the rancher in Montana has the right to own a gun for self-protection, but what about the single mother in St. Louis who struggles to get by on a minimum wage and lives in a crime and drug-infested apartment complex? Or the grandmother in Baltimore who's afraid to go out at night because of violent gangs in what can hardly be called Charm City anymore? So uh, I think this is good stuff. You guys, what do you think about this? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, seeing Maj... Moving up is is always good. Yeah, are you familiar with Black Guns Matter at all, Paul? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I follow him on the internet. Yeah. Every once in a while, I see I see Maj doing doing the Lord's work out there. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely man. Because and I think it's like what we were talking about um, earlier, right? The more people that, first of all, for people to understand like how guns actually function takes away that fear thing. Because I mm-hmm. think one of the big publicity things that happens, um, a lot of people believe guns are only for the bad guys because what you see in movies. Yeah. You know, and then they believe like, because this is actually written into movies. Um, there's like a kind of like uh, code that they put out there that if a person gets a gun, that that gun must be taken from them and used against them in a movie. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So a lot of people out there believe that. And I think if you educate them on gun safety and all that stuff, they'll see that for bullshit. You know, and when they have guns and they know that they're safe with them and they can use them to defend themselves, that's a gateway to more freedom and getting away from the people who are trying to do that to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the, a big thing for, for me was always the 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 ignorance and, and again, laws on firearms and then for me, especially coming up in the retail gun game, like how firearms were purchased, mm-hmm. uh, that has always been 
where I've heard the most like rebuttal. <laughs> the dumbest shit yeah. ever. <laughs> well, like just like the the concerned citizen saying, you know, like, well, you know, because people can just buy, you know, this this way, and you know, well, no, it's not how that works, and. <laughs> You know, when, when it's so funny that the, the, the how quick a lot of people change their tune or, or quiet up when you actually mm-hmm. tell them how uh, an actual firearms purchase is uh, is handled and mm-hmm. then the repercussions mm-hmm. if it's done the wrong way. You know, how many times people say, like, well, what's going to happen if you don't use it? You know, you don't do a background check when you sell a guy a gun. Well. I'm going to probably spend some serious fed time. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah. uh, you're not worth the $60 I made selling that Glock. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Get yep. out of here. You know, yeah. like, that's uh, the big so, part of it. People think you're somehow just getting rich from that when there's not even a lot of meat in there. Mm-mm. Like you said, it's <laughs> not worth it. Yeah. ATF comes down on people. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's the black market, right? And that's the thing that you cannot stop. The more illegal you make things, the bigger that grows and the more because there's more the more money is in it and all that. But there's crazy ass people who don't even realize that. Like we were talking about uh, Kodak Black, for example, who's a very wealthy rapper, and he decided like he was already he already had charges. Right? He was already arrested multiple times. He decided in Florida to go buy a gun. That he wanted to use in a drive-by. So oh, and he, then drop it? <laughs> well, yeah. He lied on the 4473, and he said he wasn't on the... He didn't have any charges. So, which is one of the things they convicted him of recently here, and he's going to do time for that. Then he went and rented a Porsche from the dealership, and he used that Porsche when he did his drive-by. Because, you know, you got to do... Listen, you got to do your drive-by in style. The only thing better than that is Jesse Smollett using a personal check to pay the guys off. <laughs> That's the only thing better. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. This is like on the check. He put these are for the two African brothers. Yeah, two, two African. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, it's, it's very difficult to get away with this. Obviously, people yeah. could do things on the black market. Oh, well, every day that we have this conversation of gun control, you strengthen that market share. Yep. Yep. That's the thing that that I think is so funny about this is you you are creating jobs in that sector mm-hmm. every day that we we prepare. Yeah, the terrorists win. Oh, did we now we now we did we lose Paul? I don't know. The terrorists won, Hank. They, oh, you fro- you froze for a second there, Paul. Sorry, sorry. Oh, we good? Yeah, you're on. You're on. You're on. Yeah, we could ban sugar today, and you just opened up a whole new black oh. market trade. You know. Yeah, yeah imagine, when, it, imagine when they ban sugar. Oh my gosh. Well, New, York's, New York's on the way, so. Yeah. That will, can you imagine like the illegal sugar bars or something like that? <laughs> you know, the, the sugar easy. Licking it up as much as they can. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be, but that's basically <laughs> what's going to happen. You know, the more you try to tell people that they can't do things, uh, you know, the more you do it. Uh, Mr. America said free men don't ask for permission. He's right, but, you know. Mm-hmm. James Miller says all federal gun laws are unconstitutional. Listen to Chrissy Ann Hall. The Fed should have nothing to do with gun laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely agree. We let a lot, but we let a lot of this stuff happen. We're our own worst enemy, and a lot of this stuff, too, is, yeah. you know, just like 
opening our mouths where, where, where it shouldn't be asked. I mean, how many people called the ATF and went, is it, is it okay that, that my firearm has this vertical grip on it? Yeah. Am I measuring it correctly? Well, Just shut like, up. Too many yeah. Times. yeah. And even when they come out and say stuff, there's always the person who's like, listen, I know that you said this, but what about this? Scenario? Yeah, and you, <laughs> just slap them and be like, "Shut up!" It, it just stop, just stop. Oh boy, yeah, that's just you know, this yeah, um, that does happen. It's I, funny. I always think works. it's funny that people are afraid of the afraid of the ATF boogeyman, and they don't realize like if the ATF guy is looking at your gun to see if the twenty six inch rule is met. You're in some deeper shit than just having a gun. Like, you're in some real shit. Yeah, talk, talk to anybody that actually works for the ATF. Yeah. Like, they, yeah, like, you're, they're, not out, they're not out there looking to, to do you wrong. <laughs> Stay the next to the gun range. Yeah, if you're looking, if you're getting looked at by the ATF, there's a bigger reason there. Exactly. And your little, little oh, yeah. in, inaccuracy on the legality of yeah. your homemade... Yeah. pistol build you know yeah exactly things have gone badly wrong <laughs> yep. yeah yeah things have gone badly wrong brian quick says uh you cannot take a college level class about organized crime without discussing the american alcohol prohibition it literally made bootleggers millionaires overnight yep alcohol baby yeah absolutely yep. yeah um let's see what other crazy news things are out there or what new stuff that we can uh touch on here i'm just trying to look through any new guns patrick seen any uh nothing again it's kind of slow season for gun world yeah everyone's getting ready for the shows that's really what's happening now probably getting ready for nra yeah nra the 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 one you were saying you were going to paul go ahead you, yeah nra the huge a huge chunk of the uh, of the industry right now especially in the month of february february is at the buy group shows so hmm. these are only for dealers uh for the most part and these are like I don't want to say they're like a union, but they're 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 a smaller place where you become a member of these these buying groups, and you're only allowed access to that those brands and pricing at that time. So three buy group shows just happen back to back to back. So all the buying power, all the personnel uh, for the month of February generally went to that. So that's why February is so quiet, and is also why coming out of Shot Show. A lot of stuff you don't see move till that first quarter uh, because of those buy group shows. And then you have EWA and then NRA. And then before you know it, you have your two, three dead months of mm -hmm. the year in the, in the heat of summer. And then we're right back to it in August. Mm -hmm. what, were, what were your new stuff for SHOT Show that you guys, did you have new things? Pretty much the entirety of our production firearm line is brand new. Mm -hmm. uh, the pistol brace adapter, the T-34 tanker. And uh, we have a few other things that are currently at work, but generally the, the the revitalization of our line and a few of the a few of those things I just mentioned. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, here, I'm gonna throw this news up since you said you were going to Italy. This should make you feel better. Great. Oh, I know God. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, coronavirus. Coronavirus update as death toll rises my in Italy. Is on my butt right now. About this. Five minutes. Where are you going? Uh, you ready for the coronavirus? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I know that, like, why? Why did you have to pick now? Why did you pick now to go? Because well, you're going to be in Europe already? Well, you didn't pick, I don't think. You're going for <laughs> business, right? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. It's not like he decided, hey, I'm going to go uh, snort some coronavirus for my <laughs> I know what I need. I need coronavirus. Yeah. 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 I'd love to see the inside of an Italian hospital. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. I don't know. What's no. your what's your imagination of what that hospital? My imagination, your ambulance is a Lamborghini. Oh. You know. Every, it's a fine some, Italian yeah, there's some very leggy Italian nurses up in there taking care of you. No? The best hospital food you ever had. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. telling you, man. Pasta you know. every night. Yeah, pasta. <laughs> just nothing but pasta. You know, that will cure you right you there. Know, you can't die. You go to an American hospital, you, you lose a bunch of weight. Mm -hmm. that food. I'm going to gain 15 pounds <laughs> with that coronavirus. Have you been to Italy before? Never in my life. Oh, Okay. So you're looking I'm forward excited. to this? <laughs> going into... Listen, I uh, I could probably reach out to Instructor Zero on your behalf to help you with your bubble. That's what you you that, need. Instructor Zero great. protecting your bubble. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, I'm hoping nobody nobody pops my bubble. Yeah, did you see? You know what? I didn't see him at Shot Show this year, but he probably was there. Yeah, um, he probably was there. He's he's a funny. He's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. Uh, he promised me if I ever go to Italy, he's getting Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Nice. And we're, right. we're touring Italy. That's what he says, but he doesn't realize I will actually show up in Italy one day. Hey, I need a Lamborghini, please. Yes. <laughs> Looking for, you know, um, uh, Aptata Gun Control says my wife planned the trip to Italy six months ago for March. Perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you had that insurance. So mm -hmm. that you guys don't want me to read this article about Italy, I'm supposing. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to Italy. <laughs> how how many hours ago was it posted? Yeah. Uh, hold on, let's see. Uh, Ten thirty-two Eastern. All right, let's hear it. Okay. Um, coronavirus update as uh, as death toll rises in Italy. Who uh, WHO who declare uh, outbreak a pandemic? You're going into a pandemic. I hope you know this. Um, I don't think he's going into a pandemic. I think <laughs> <laughs> the area in Wuhan, China, is probably where the main pandemic is. Yeah. So new cases of COVID-19 coronavirus have been confirmed in South Korea, Italy, and Iran, with the death toll rising to seven in Italy and to four among hundreds of infected Diamond Princess cruise ship passengers. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, that cruise ship is still stuck off the coast, isn't it? Yeah, but they took some people off of that, which I'm not sure why they did that, but I guess, you know. Um, <laughs> Probably for the other guests that are like, I don't want to be on here with this person. <laughs> yeah. You got us trapped, and I really don't like this. So as of Tuesday, Italy saw its coronavirus death toll rise to seven and reported its first cases in southern Italy with Tuscany and Sicily. So there you go. Which, some are you, fine wine, some fine food, and a little bit of coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope you have some of those zombie masks that you're taking out there. Yeah. You're going to, uh, we're not the only people giving you a tough time about this, right? No, of course not. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to be fine. Let uh, me just I'm put it to you this way, Paul. Whatever, whatever um, it's going to be, whatever I'm going to be testing, can you please ship it out before you go? Oh, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I uh, plan on uh, just uh, spit. Uh-oh. Lost him again, yeah. For yeah. A I got a nice uh, 
stack of emergency that I'm bringing with me. There you go. And, just inhale uh, it. Oh, yeah. Emergency. That's your plan. <laughs> I'm, well, no, I'm going to go to the doctor this week and also be like, oh, I think I have the flu. Give me some can, antibiotics. Can, yeah, give me something. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What is – let me ask you this. This is a very important question since we're uh, a gun uh, – oriented show here and by the way everyone watching us please smash the thumbs ups okay i want to know what your zombie apocalypse plan is i live in the desert dude yeah but okay you're gonna be in italy huh oh that that yeah. zombie yeah what do you do when you're in italy and the zombie apocalypse breaks out i don't know die <laughs> this that's There's your plan no, i mean i mean i don't know and like i it's that's gonna be on the fly my guy you know I, I i can't do nothing besides uh run run with run with it so i'm hoping there's a gun on the ground that's about it that's your get home plan from italy i have no get home plan from italy, <laughs> currently. Oh, okay. i'm winging it yeah oh, okay actually right. i take that back I, the way i see it if I plan on getting home from Italy, I just need to become the most violent person that ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> You're all of a sudden going to become like one of those dudes in the movie. That's how you survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and then I'm sure you have all the dating apps all ready for Italy, right? Italian, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be. You know, on Tinder, you can change your location beforehand. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I'm uh-huh. Yeah, start lighting it up. All the. All the Italian babes in the world. I don't know. Do you really think it, people people will probably be out there living it up in Italy? I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't think it's drastically going to affect us here in America for sure. You know, we're not okay. There's a really loud vehicle going by. I don't think we're going to go into panic mode, even no, though they no, say no. that it's going to accelerate a little bit here. They've been really good at finding patient zero with this thing, uh, especially in a lot of these areas, uh, especially in these states, like yeah. tracking who went where and mm-hmm. then finding the initial uh, the initial victim and then quarantining that off. And the one thing I was looking about with Italy is it's in two major cities and two different provinces, and both of those cities are completely blocked off. Okay. Like no one, no one in and out. And so that's been the thing that gave me the most confidence with it. And then what I've noticed is an absolute trend uh, with everywhere else. I mean, I don't even want to. I don't even want to get into the China thing because they're that is so messed up. You know, oh yeah, it's going to be tough in China. Yeah, it's going to be tough in China. Captain Shark says, "Find Instructor Zero and capture a castle with a moat." <laughs> um, Honestly, that sounds like my dream vacation. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm cool with that. Yeah. Also, might I suggest that you request only current pictures on that dating app? Like, literally make them put up a newspaper next to their face (laughs) (laughs) with the current day. And if they look a little green, do not swipe right. It unfortunately doesn't work like that. Or left or whatever uh, it is. I don't know. There's a a very large amount of risk that's involved with uh, meeting girls off the internet so yeah yeah please stay safe while you're out there we don't want anything to happen to you you know what i just looked up and realized we got to nine o'clock i don't know how yeah it went by really quick didn't it <laughs> yeah it seemed like it just jumped over there i think while we were torturing you about italy we we jumped over to nine o'clock what are you over there oh you're like a little bit after six right yep. in Vegas. Dinner time. yes okay so here let's do this um i'm gonna get i'm gonna start wrapping this up here 
Uh, just remind everyone out there, smash the thumbs ups right now. We're going to have these guys tell us how to get in touch with them. I'm going to start with Babyface P. Patrick, tell us what videos are next in the pipeline. Uh, right now? Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what I have going on. Uh, I think I have the Glock 44 coming out next. Oh, okay. Um, you got to build something, man. Some... What is going on? We need a What's build. Up? We need a build or something. I'm working on that. If Brandon Herrera can get with me, I'm supposed to be getting a parts kit in soon. Oh. I do have a build. I think Brandon's coming on sometime this week. Oh, yeah. There you go. Boom. I got a build coming. I'm actually looking at ordering some parts for this. So this is a 1022 build. Mm -hmm. um, I'm waiting for the stock to ship from uh, Samson, that folding stock, BTM. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually I'm going to build it into something pretty cool. Plus, I need to do a video on sticking this in the lathe and, and chopping a whole bunch of this off because this thing weighs yeah. a ton. Too bad. Um, too bad. We, you know, you don't know someone that works at a company that might be able to make that into a real sexy barrel for you. I don't know. Ah, uh, we could. We could. I've talked to a couple you know, of people. There might so be a guy. I don't know. There, there, there are, <laughs> at least one has offered their services down uh, in Orlando. Oh, I was um, going to say, we got a guy right here in Henderson. Do you guys I gotta turn ask my, I gotta ask yeah. my guy about that. Oh, <laughs> ten, ten, giant, giant ten twenty two barrel yeah. blank that needs to be turned down because it is super thick. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, uh, not a whole lot. You guys can find me at uh, youtube.com slash babyface p. Um, Instagram is baby underscore face p. Catch me there. Uh, catch me outside. How about that? Yeah. Uh, don't forget he's got the Patreon too. He's got the Patreon. Yeah, that too. Patreon.com slash babyface p. Awesome. All right, Paul, uh, thanks for coming on. How can the folks out there, if they want to follow up, maybe someone looking at this right now and they're, you know, they're in your area looking for a job or if they want to find out more about you guys, what can they do? Where can they follow you all? Uh, you can send us uh, an email to sales at battlearmsdevelopment.com. If you have any questions or you need any uh, or you want to send your resume in your local, uh, we are not open to the public. Just as a heads up, don't show up. <laughs> uh, but honestly i moderate the instagram if you guys send me a dm i'm pretty good at responding to everything pretty pretty fast if you have any questions about where to buy our products or how to buy our products or what's coming and you know what is available uh our dealer network is growing daily and our distribution network is too you should be seeing more of our stuff in your in your gun stores we also sell everything off our website battlearmsdevelopment.com and again, I'm just a DM away or an email away. No problem answering all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to thank you for coming on, man. It's actually been a pretty cool conversation. Oh, this was a bunch of fun. Absolutely. For anyone yeah. for anyone listening or looking at this, uh, we'll, we'll definitely invite Paul to come back on. Maybe we'll, we'll uh, do some stuff out on the range, uh, it, you know, have you come out and shoot with us, all of that, do some builds and everything. Oh, look, I'm going to show off this little... I got this little patch from uh, from your patch. buddies at Brownells. You need to. Do you have some patches like this, man? You know, we need to. Uh, we're actually. Uh, we're gonna do. I don't have one around here. Yeah. We're gonna do a life like a, a to scale patch of our rack charging handle. Oh, cool. Oh, I'll nice. get ready for okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe cool. maybe we'll get some from him. We'll, we'll, I think you will. We'll sprinkle some out there <laughs> in the world. So definitely stay tuned. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna invite everyone. Go to HankStrange.com. Sign up for our email list. Um, that's the way that you're going to keep in touch with all of this. Everyone stay right there. I'm going to drop the end on everyone. Uh, thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel here. Ring the bell so that you can be notified every time we go live. 
And once again, do not forget to go to hankstrange.com to keep up with everything. Thank you to Franklin Armory for sponsoring the show. Thank you very much to Paul from Battle Arms Development for coming on the show, as well as Babyface P. Always Thank great. Uh, yeah, always great to have him on. Uh, he's going to be looking up that AK now. Ah, it looks so cool. Yeah, dreaming, <laughs> waiting for one of those to come out there. Hopefully you'll bring that with you. Um, I don't know. Any last words before I press the button here? Night, everybody. Oh, that's it, man. Yeah. Stay away from that coronavirus. <laughs> we are out of here. We'll see you guys. Peace. There you go.